All right. Battleline Podcast. The team is back in the building. It has been it has been a few weeks, man. What's going on? Uh false motivation, huh? <laughs> All my military guys understand that. They got ah motivated, motivated. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not false motivated. I'm I'm excited, man. We got Jade Struck coming on. I'm I'm uh, in a good just, mood, bro. Yeah, just 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 busy. Just life. You know, that's just kind of kind of the life of, of uh the life I lead nowadays. Just being, you know, and, and honestly, I, I, you you're you're seeing this, Ian. Fall for me especially when the speaking picks up is very, very busy. I should say a late summer, early fall. That's when a lot of, even my foundation, that's when a lot of conventions, a lot of uh, events go on during that time frame. Why? I don't know. I really don't know. I would think more would be more early spring or during the Christmas season. Well, I guess people want to be home for Christmas, but. Um, I mean, isn't part of it that 911 Fall, uh, well, no, no, no. Nine eleven. It's not. It's not because I don't do. I don't do the political fundraisers. I don't do this. The veteran, you know, the just aside from mine, um, the fourteenth hour. Uh, it's it's just conventions. It's corporate corporate conventions. It's corporate retreats. It's corporate. You know, team building is when the speaking events. Because that's pretty much all I do as far as speaking goes. And I'm glad I just do that because those they're they're magnificent. And the corporations, um, and I say corporations. Some of them are are are. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for that, you know, they, they bring leaders, they're leadership conventions. They bring leaders from different corporations in and they do tremendous leadership uh, team building exercises. And and normally it's either me kicking it off with a speaking event or ending it. And I, yeah, they're always right now. They always like, maybe it's the court. I don't know. Maybe they're quarterly, like the third quarters when they get all their money. I, I don't know. But Bottom line is that over the last four years, I've seen that the majority of my work is, as far as speaking goes, and even some teaching is right at this time frame. So it always gets busy. So I always get wore out. But you're right. I mean, life could be a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, yeah. it, it's amazing. I, yeah. I think, I mean, look, I speaking engagements, I don't know that whole world. But I mean, in terms of what we do, I think this is a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy doing it. And and we will get into everything yeah. for the new listeners um, who are checking this out because we have Jade Struck on to give an introduction. I'm Ian Scotto and uh, I am the smoked Tonto Chris Peranto from driving yeah, and- 12 hours yesterday <laughs> with the family. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, every week on the show, we interview people who are either from the special operations world or just people that we know who are related to that world. I mean, Jade, obviously not special operations. Her husband is special operations. Yeah. Ru- uh, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy yeah. great guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into some some of that type of stuff with her. I mean, because she is an expert on firearms, so we could talk about all that. Um, but before we do, I've been I've been saying my prayers. I've been taking my collagen, as I've been saying, like Hulk Hogan, uh, with Bubs Naturals, and actually, I've been getting some great workouts in. And Bubs Naturals, as always, helps with recovery, helps with any joint pain or issues. And uh, thanks to them, I mean, I I wake up, I'm feeling good. And I'm actually uh, recovering from my workouts quicker. Awesome. And I I truly believe in Bub's Naturals and all their great products. Yeah, and I'm actually drinking it right now. I mix it nice. in with my coffee. Um, and it does. It grows great. And I, I put the MCT oil in there as well with the collagen MCT oil. And I say it, it t- makes my... It makes my coffee taste better, but I'm also getting the, the benefits of the protein and the MCT oil, that stuff. That is tremendous stuff. I, I utilize it as a pre-workout. 
uh, the MCT or the collagen, of course, taking two scoops a day just to get that protein in there, along with the uh, Fountain of Youth, which I'll do a scoop a day. And guys, it is tremendous, tremendous product, um, especially for you older men and women out there like like myself that are in your 50s. It is it's helped me recover. Uh, my workouts are stronger because my joints aren't in pain. Uh, you know, I, I can re- I can get out there and run every day and and come back and stretch now. And I feel yeah, I feel 10, 15 years younger. I able to get out there and work out like I did uh, back when I was in my <laughs> late 30s. So, guys, you, if you're heavy in a workout or even if you're just beginning get into it, get into the Bubs Naturals. You're not going to regret it. After about three weeks, four weeks of taking, and you do, you have to get it into your system, start rolling just like anything other, anything that's natural. Once you get it into your system, you're going to start seeing and feeling the benefits. And I said, I'm, 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 I'm hooked. I'm on it. I take it everywhere. And when I travel, it helps me stay, especially when you're, when you're in hotels all the time and you're moving around and you're not getting your regular sleep. It does help you stay on your workout schedule because you, you do feel better. And, and you, you obviously I, I am, I'm feeling, seeing the results and we won't do any shirtless picks on the, well, I'm doing it right now. You just can't see it, but um, any shirtless picks, but you know, I can feel my body coming back and me losing a lot of that fat that I put on. Um, you know, over the last few years because I hadn't been able to maintain regular workouts because I didn't feel like I wanted to. Now I feel, gosh, I got to work out every day. And that's how I felt like when I was in my thirties. So awesome stuff. Yeah. Check it out guys. Bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code battle and you're going to get 20% off your order. 20% off plus to give 10% of the sales of their profits to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which is a great organization. So check it out. Bubsnaturals.com. Promo code battle line. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space. A podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dead for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on, Battleline Podcast. I know you guys are here for Jade Struck. I'm very excited to speak with her. But before we do, we got to get a recap of the 14th Hour Foundation event. <laughs> I want to hear how it went. I couldn't be there, but from the pictures, from the comments I've seen, it seems like it went off amazingly. It, it, it did. This is our, our really our first formal, I would, and formal per se, formal foundation event. The last one we had was... You know, Shadow Warrior Writers, and they're tremendous. The, the chapter out of Florida that that puts us on, but also the entire chapter, the Shadow Warrior Writers. 
Um, they put it on for us. Uh, Chance Sal is the head guy of the uh, show. Is the head. I always pronounce his last name. Sorry, Chance. I pronounced your last name wrong again. But he always puts this on and uh, with the help of my wife and Jeremy Mitchell, um, it, it went off awesome. I mean, it, it runs me ragged. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm getting pulled in 8 million different directions. But, you know, it's my foundation. I, I, I'm supposed to be getting pulled in 8 million different directions or else I wouldn't be doing my job out there. Uh, but, you know, having Medal of Honor winner Don Jenkins out there um, doing a speech, having our very first person we helped, Brandon Holiday, who we'll have on the show uh, one of these days, well, pretty soon, probably in the fall here. Brandon Holiday, who who lost his leg, but then also, you know, we helped him get back on his feet, getting him back in the canine world of of uh, uh, getting him back in the dogs. And, and you can, he spoke at the event. It was tremendous. And then also, I, I was just going to say, if I have this right, and I don't know if I just heard you wrong when you said lost his leg, I, from what I've seen, he lost, he lost both his legs, right? Um, he actually, all I saw, Brandon's just got the one. If he lost the other one, oh, I'm wrong. I, I mean, I've never met him, but I think it could just be the way he looks in those shorts, kind of. Maybe um, that's but he's, he's the guy with the canines, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Brandon, if you've lost both your legs, dude, you're hiding that <laughs> other one well, man. I'm telling you, I, what. Could, be, I could be way off. Yeah, you know, uh, and that was, but I didn't know he told the story. You know, he talked for he talked for about five minutes and told his background of his story. Yeah, I'm I'm completely incorrect. No, that. no, it's all right, like, Brandon. You're <laughs> I think you worked, you're <laughs> moving well with one leg or both. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guarantee he's laughing right now. Listen to this, just dying, dying laughing. But yeah, you know, he spoke for five minutes. I didn't know, you know, that he had been having several heart attacks and, and the reason he lost his leg, it, it was because of, of a blood clot and due to just being, you know, being infirm, being, being very, having something wrong with his immune system. Whereas immune system is just tacking autoimmune. It, I, it's the same thing that I have an autoimmune, uh, autoimmune system that just tacks everything. Your immune system has no idea what's good or bad. It just attacks it if it sees it's foreign. And that's how he lost his leg. And him going down that slippery slope of, of what we all go down when we hit those demons. But, you know, he's commending 14th hour for coming out of it. And he's extremely back to being extremely successful and training uh, Leos and, and canine uh, dog handlers in the art of dog handling which is tremendous. And Brandon is a success story and he was the first ones we helped. And then also just having a Jessica Lynch come in and do a yeah. little talk, just show it was, it was great. And just this, everybody that's here, the audacious Andy, uh, old granny Marcy, you know, uh, Kayla Hanan, you've got, you've got the, the, the Tonto tribe is what they call themselves. And, and they're just some of the best supporters in the world. And, you know, we had about 200 people at the dinner, every table sold out. Um, and I, you know, I don't know the exact numbers of what we raised, but I, I know I think we raised uh, netted raised is about eighty or ninety thousand dollars. Which, wow, you know, honestly, that's what we needed because my wife has told me over since we've started, we've donated. I didn't know this. This is my wife handles all the finances, all the money. She says we've donated uh, over one hundred fifty thousand dollars in grants to people, veterans that needed help, and uh, and we will continue to do so. So. Um, yeah, it was great and good fun and and everybody it was it was just 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 fun good feeling no no bad vibes all good vibes and um I said it was just an honor for me to have have Don Jenkins there and just to hear hear his story you know Medal of Honor winner you're always honored to have somebody like that at your at your foundation dinner so it did yeah. it went off well it, it wears me out it really does it, it just because uh, it's go 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 nonstop pictures take this sign this do this which but. Hey man, that's the nature of the beast. That's the life I live now. And, and in the end, at least I can sit here and talk about it and smile and say, yeah, you know, it, w- it went off really well. 
Um, and I had my family there too, which, you know, we got to go to Universal a couple of days and I got my family. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's so nice to see, to go there and see my six-year-old and my 16-year-old act like a six-year-old and my 12-year-old, my, my daughter, who is the most like me, I think, take care of everybody and go into Universal and eat a big pink, a Simpsons donut, go on the Simpsons ride, have my kid get off and just like, man, I, I love that favorite ride, Simpson ride, daddy, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't beat those moments, dude. Yeah. So it, it was awesome. It was an awesome all around event and awesome time with my family. And kudos to my wife and Chance and Jeremy Mitchell, who really pulled it off and made it an extremely professional, but fun veteran foundation event that raised a ton of money for this year. And we're, you know, we'll, we'll need it this year. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize how many grants we'd been given out <laughs> since we started, but that's good. Keep me in the keep me in the dark on the finances. That's the best thing to do. And my wife, she knows that, so I don't need to tell her that. She already knows. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I actually finally heard back from Jessica Lynch, and she's like, "Oh, I'd love to come on." So we'll definitely have Jessica Lynch on um, probably September. Good. I would think she'd be an awesome good. guest. Uh, yeah, there's so yeah. many people we want to have on, but to me, that's that's definitely an A list guest right there. And, and I, you know, talking to her and having her come and I, and I want to also, I forgot to thank Ryan Weaver, who who did a tremendous job at the concert the night before at the Abbey there in Orlando. Um, you know, Ryan, and that's where I met, that's where I finally met Jessica. And I said, Hey, you're coming on the show, right? Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. So, so um, nice. you're, you're going to enjoy Jessica's on the show. You're going to enjoy what she has to say. And she is, she, she doesn't pull any punches. She'll talk about the incident and what she remembers of it. And, um, and you know, the thing is, is when I even asked her, I said, Hey, are you going to be okay talking about, you don't have to talk about the incident, but you're going to be okay talking about it. Right. And she goes, she just smiled and said, yeah, I'll do it. And, and that's what makes me happy is that she seems like, um, and I don't know, we'll ask her, but it seems like she's, you know, it's been some time and I'm sure just like the rest of us that have gone through something traumatic, um, it will always stick with us, but she's able to to view it and I think see the positives of what could have, what came out of it. And there's tremendous negatives. Of course, she lost her entire, basically her entire squad, but she'll find, I'm sure she'll find the positives and she looked great. She looked happy. She looked healthy. And um, so I, I think it's going to be a great episode. And, and again, I, I didn't want to miss Ryan. I need to put, cause Ryan on that night of the, uh, when we do the night before we do the concert, it's really his show and it gives me a break so I can just come say hi and leave. And Ryan, Ryan takes it over from there, and, and he he did a tremendous job uh, uh, with the concert and helping out 14th Hour Foundation. And I saw Jessica having a good time at it. So hey, that's great. It's, it's, it was wonderful, wonderful time. You got to come next year whenever we have it. Yeah. Probably for, well, I will because I'll probably be in Florida. Be in Florida. You know, <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, I I just have a nine month lease, so I don't know if I'll be back in New York at the time. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. Can't predict the future. But um. With Jessica Lynch, I, I may be wrong in this because I don't watch a whole lot of mainstream media, but I, I do keep up with what's going on on Twitter. And it seems like she keeps, I could be wrong, like a relatively low profile. Yeah. She's not someone who's out on the news every day or anything like that. So she's having her speak. It's like this is one of the few times you're going to get to hear her story. Yeah. So so you got to listen in. I, and I think that's just her personality. I don't know her personally. Yeah, I've only met her a few times, but she came up on stage and we we honored her at the foundation event too. She came up and said a few things and um, just watching her talk. She's very well spoken, um, but again, just very, not shy, just reserved. Just it's kind of, eh, you know, Hey, it's just me. I'm still the same person. Uh, maybe a little bit wiser, a little bit stronger. I'm sure a, a hell of a lot stronger for what she went through. You know, being a POW is no joke. Um, you yeah. know, um, 
but she doesn't, there were, I got no sense of arrogance or anger or animosity from her at all. Just a nice, nice person. And, and, um, I, I do, I, you do see that strength though, that, that when she, when she talked the ability to get up on stage and, and, uh, just look people directly in the eye and say a few words and tell a few jokes impromptu that, I mean, that there right there shows confidence because, uh, if you get stage fright, you can't do that. <laughs> if you're confident in yourself, you can get up and just start talking. And she did. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be a great episode, right? And it's, it's funny. We, we have a little bit of a tie in because second range battalion, was a battalion that came and secured the area when Dev Grew went in there, SEAL Team Six went in and got her. That was my old squad. I, I was my old my my. I was a team leader of one of my old uh, old teams that went in there, and uh, he's not, the a couple of those guys have moved on to other things. But they told me just that they were digging and and you know leave no man behind. They were they found the, the shallow grave sites of of her team members where they were buried and they were, they had, they had not brought their e-tools, nothing to dig with. So they were digging up their bodies with their hands. And he told me the stories. Uh, his name was Chris. He said, man, there were guys puking the smells, but we were getting all the, all the remains out of there. And they're doing that with their bare hands. Can you imagine that? Just the dirt and the, all that, but then getting to the soft and the moist, cause those, those bodies just starting to decompose and having to, just the smells of unearthing that things, but making sure nobody was left behind. And I remember when he told me, I was like, hey, honestly, when he told me that, I, I was like, gosh, I can't believe I missed that. Cause I, I, you know, you, you want to be in every, every situation like that. And I would have been there, but of course I was doing the other stuff at the time with the GRS I'd moved on. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't know if we'll talk about that with Jessica. I don't want to bring that up while she's on. Um, I, I don't, I, I did mention it to her, you know, in the, in the dance, in the, uh, the concert with Ryan, but you know, it's the things that people see that, that people don't see that troops go through to leave nobody behind, especially Rangers never leave a fallen comrade to fall in the hands of the enemy. That's part of the fifth stands of Ranger Creed. They lived it, lived it. And when my buddy Chris told me that story of the team doing that, to me, it just gave me a, a whole more respect and also a, a feeling of pr- pride of still being part of the 75th Ranger Regiment. You know, they, nobody knew they were there, but they were there, there blocking everybody to not get into that hospital. And then they were stayed behind to exfil all the bodies with their bare hands while under fire. I mean, that's wow. That's heroic. man. That's tremendous. But that's Rangers. That's 75th Ranger Regiment. Yeah. Rangers lead the way. All the um, way. I think. I uh, I assume you know if people who couldn't make it want to donate, they still can. Fourteenthhourfoundation.org. Yeah, org. yeah. yeah. I, and I just go ahead and or go to christanoprano.com and you'll see a drop down of Fourteenth Hour Foundation, and you can always donate. And um, guys, uh, we don't take salaries off this thing. We are it goes to people in, in need. What I would like to ask, so and and um, this is something that um, it bothers me a little bit is that. You know, this is to help people get back on their feet, help veterans get back on their feet. I see every once in a while, not a whole bunch, but every once in a while, uh, people asking for multiple times. Yeah, And it's not for that. And, and hate me if you want. Get pissed off at me if you want. This isn't it. This is to help you get up on your feet to pay a bill here or there to pay a big bill. If you need five grand, if you need to be paid, need to help you to get out of a hole. But it's not something that you continually go back to. When I see that, to me, that shows it, it's it, it resembles welfare and foundation yeah. should not be that. And if you're a veteran law enforcement contractor, you know, I know we run into hard times, but 
you, you shouldn't rely on a foundation to continue to pay your bills. And when I see another request by the same person or same group for another donation, it's like, well, wait a second, guys, this is, I, I, you know, I, we want to help. And, and you know, I'm saying this in the most delicate terms, but we ain't UNICEF. It's not the gift that just keeps on giving. This is to help you get going. And that's why I love Brandon's story because he did. He is the perfect success story where we gave him, we're 14th hours able to give him and get him on his feet, help him get with a new dog. And he took off and ran with it. And he's no, he doesn't need the foundation anymore. But it bothers me when I do see people requesting multiple times because it, I, well, first it's not set up. I understand. It shouldn't yeah. be set it's, And, and it shows to me that, that, shows to me that we're not as veterans or, or law enforcement or whatever, we're not either taking upon ourselves to live responsibly or we're living beyond our means. And believe me, I know what it's like to live below your means. I lived in a hundred dollar apartment the whole time I went to grad school. I, I shoveled. Which I don't rocks. think exists anymore. Does it? I know you can't. <laughs> it was like a studio apartment. You know, I had a hot plate. I had this little six by six little bathroom. And in the wintertime to offset my, my rent, I would shovel the apartment walks. Yeah. And this takes, now remember that this is after I got left range battalion. So here's this ranger, this guy that used to be a ranger out there living in his 125 bucks. And I'm out there shoveling the walks in the wintertime in Omaha so I could save money on rent. We have to, you know, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and you have to, you have to reduce what you're doing. And, and it's, it's, it's a kick in the gut, but we're veterans, dude. We're, we've, we've survived in law enforcement. We've survived things worse than this. We can, we can do that. But if we get to yeah. points where we're just living beyond our means and we have to keep asking foundations to help us, that's the time we need to take a step back and look in the mirror and be like, wait a second. Okay. I, I, maybe I need to do something different in my life and hate me if you want guys. I, I really don't care. I, I, I don't. Cause that, that, that it's something that foundations are not set up to continue to pay your, everybody's bills. They're to help you to get back that. on your feet. Does that, yeah, you know, I, and if no, I'm an I, asshole, I, I'm an asshole. Not, I don't think so at all, man. I think it makes perfect sense. But uh, 14thHourFoundation.org. Before we get to Jade Struck, as you know, Jade is a firearms instructor, competitive shooter, and the brands that we rep when it comes to firearms are the best in the industry. Of course, Fort Scott Munitions. A lot of guys who shoot, and women like Jade who shoot, who have listened to the podcast, who have switched over, like, this is the ammo I'm going with forever now. Uh, Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Now, they're no longer selling ammo on their site because it was just going too quickly. It was hard to keep up with. So what you got to do is you got to go to fortscottmunitions.com. The link to that is in the description. And you go to the dealer locator on their website and you'll find ammo you know, available at gun, gun stores in all 50 states. So go there right now, fortscottmunitions.com. And if you want to pick up a shirt, pick up a hat, you'll get 15% off just for being a listener when you enter the promo code BATTLELINE at checkout. 
Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. And as we're talking about firearms, we have a brand new sponsor on board that is going to be with us long term, and I could not be more excited to have them on board. So, uh, Photonis is excellent. I, I have you know the description here, but you may be able to speak on them a little bit more because yeah. we love what they're doing. <laughs> well, Photonis guys, they're they're night vision. They they specialize in night night uh, uh, night optical devices, night vision goggles, so forth. Check them out. Um, when uh, my buddy who helps with Photonis and is one of their one of their uh, partners there, uh, Phil Otto contacted me. Phil Otto was a GRS uh, teammate of mine at Cabo. Said, hey, I'm getting on with this night vision company. You got to check them out. I looked at them, guys. My, they are top of the line, military grade uh, night vision and night optical devices. Um, not only for the military, but for you know, a lot of guys do coyote hunting. Uh, perfect for that as well. Um, they are some, a group that, you know, they're, they're veteran. They have a lot of veterans. And I don't want to say veteran owned, but veterans run the company. So guys that have been experienced using night optical device, night optical uh, devices and night vision goggles and so forth. So nods and MVGs. Phil knows his stuff over there at Photonis and being a former force recon Marine, of course, he utilized, utilizes all the MVGs and nods uh, in his prior job. And then with the, with GRS, of course we did. He knows what he's doing over there with Photonis and as far as bringing out night optical devices. So if you haven't checked them out, get to their website. Ian, do you have their website handy? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to get into all that and yep. I'll give you guys some specifics as well because what they're doing is really top of the line. Photonis is the global leader in night vision solutions, providing more high quality night vision capabilities than anyone. As Chris said, hunters, shooters, boaters, and outdoor enthusiasts rely on Photonis defense systems to make their adventures safer and more successful. Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonis defense solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical situations and rescue operations. Photonis Defense is now offering state-of-the-art night vision systems. And here are some of the specifics from the PD Pro B 16mm binocular and the PD Pro M 16mm monocular. Uh, To the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system, customers from all over are excited about these new, smaller, lighter NVGs. You've got to see these things to really experience how much smaller and lighter they are than anything you've used previously. And the website, of course, is Photonis Defense. That's spelled P-H-O-T-O-N-I-S, defense.com. I have the link there in the, in the description, sure. Photonis sure. Defense, for more information. Or look for Photonis Defense product options from your lo- local night vision dealer. But uh, yeah, I, I can tell you this from speaking with Phil. You know that a, a company is great when someone has that much passion for their product and when they're excited to talk about their product. And I can tell you, Phil is someone who really believes in what Photonics oh, yeah. is doing. And as you said, GRS guy, he's someone who knows his shit. He's not going to rep a company that doesn't do yeah. good work. And Phil is one of my best friends downrange, so much integrity. So uh, having him say, Hey, this is, this is good stuff. That's enough for me right there. Um, and if they're making them smaller and making them lighter, I think that was one of the Biggest problems I had growing up in the night vision world is is the weight, especially when we used to use the old seven deltas. Yes, the PVS fourteens came out, the binoculars, but gosh, you do get a splitting headache after using those. <laughs> but uh, you know, even just the old old uh, islids and the old infra, all the old um, 
uh, infrared optics that we had, just the weight and then bringing them down and making them smaller, but still having even finer, uh, you know, you're having a finer vision, finer night vision uh, in the smaller products. That's what we need. You know, weight is a huge thing with night vision. And if you can eliminate a lot of that, but still keep the same capabilities and the same standards of, of having a bigger optic with more, more gadgets here, but making it a smaller package, man, you know, that's, that's what we want. And so I, you know, check them out definitely. And Phil, Phil Otto over there, brother, tremendous individual. We got to get him on the show. Just not, not just to have him on for photons, just to have him on because of his experience in the Marines and also GRS. And we'll do some videos with him as Phil comes down to Fort Scott. So we can oh, yeah. actually get some real good YouTube videos. So you can see, uh, see those things in action. I'm excited for that. Photonistdefense.com. I think that's literally like the Joe Rogan microphone you're on. Is it? I don't know. I looked it I up on so. um I looked it up on some blog and I was like, this guy says it's good. And I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. Because also, I mean, it, it's so helpful just to have a good mic. I'm like, yeah. and I do enough media, I'm like, fuck it, you know, let's just do it, you know. You got you gotta spend some money. I still got my same old one though, so I'm still Which is good. There. I I'm still I like that mic. I do. I love um, my I love my road mic. Is that what you say? Road? Roadie? Yeah. Road? Road. road. I, but Jade, if you're good to go, I, I'll just give you an introduction. I don't know if you have any uh questions or anything. Um, no, I I don't think so. Cool. All right. Thanks. So uh yeah, joining us for the first time on Battleline, I, as I said, I got to give a proper introduction, is Jade Struck, And you're someone who does just so many different things, so it's hard to give a formal introduction, but competitive shooter, firearms instructor, model, actress, athlete, host of your brand new podcast, which you launched, the Milk and Honey podcast, available on Spotify. Also a member of Force Blue, which is a group of veterans and veteran allies working to save coral reefs. Uh, forcebluteam.org. And then I even noticed with the actress stuff, I was like, what is Jade starred in? And I know that you have an upcoming film, Return to Eden, which is currently in post-production. So that's a whole lot of yeah. stuff. Is that the name that they said on the internet? It's, is what's that what's not called? IMDb? Is it? I, what's honestly, it called? man, I, I don't know. Because um, when we <laughs> went to go film it, I was like, so what's this thing going to be called? And they're like, it's called Be Nice, You're in Eden. And I was like, that sucks. That's the, well, and that, then, Return to Eden, sound, that sounds a lot better. Yeah, and, That does you know, sound better. It is better, but I'm like, you know, I, well, I'm in the faith. And so I'm like, and I didn't know really what I was getting into until I got into it. And I'm like, you know, this is, it's kind of sacred for me. So I'm like, yeah. you know, some things I didn't really jive with. Um, but you know, it's kind of that part of the we'll, game. We'll, we'll, we'll start from the, the back end and work forward then tell, we'll, tell us then what, you know, I, I know you're in the, I know your faith and I, I know you're, you have very strong in the faith, but you know, and getting into Hollywood, you have to, you have to take it with a grain of salt or, or if it, or whatever you're on filming, but what part of that didn't you like, or what were they doing that was uh, either um, condescending or, or, or it was, or they're trying to be satirical or maybe there's some hypocrisy in it. What, what did you find? You know, so she, so the character in this movie, her name's, um, it's not even her real name, but her name's like, uh, Madeline or like Lady Madeline, I guess. Okay. So I don't know. It's spelled weird. And, um, and you know, it's based off of a real person and this real person, like spoiler alert is a stripper. And, um, I dance, I do pole dancing for like fitness and just for fun. Yeah. And so they called Rue and was like, Hey, you know, uh, Jeff is the director and the writer. And he's like, Hey, do you know anybody that can dance? 
And he's like, well, actually, my fiance can dance if you want to check it out. And so I had the conversation and um, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of meat on the bone. At the time, there was a lot of parallel uh, parallels between what I was going through and what she was kind of going okay. through. Um, so I thought that that was cool. And, and so we talked about the vision of it. And it, it as a project on the back end, it was definitely something that was going to be good for me as an artist, but also to tell this story. And I, there was a lot that I liked about it, but as we got into it, you know, the script was always changing. Okay. And so I'm out there and we're filming and, you know, I'm dancing and I got like, my knees are all bruised and battered and scabbed up and I'm like <laughs> on film. And also, you know, it, it, there's so much image involved. So I wasn't eating a lot and, sure. and I was smoking like a chimney on my vape though. I stopped smoking cigarettes. And, um, and so I found out she was a pagan, this real girl. And, and they didn't like, they didn't bring that up to you at the beginning. They didn't no, really It was a shit show in the beginning. Like it's a, <laughs> it's an independent film and yeah, so they're yeah, like, gotcha. "Hey, we're filming next week. Like, do you want to do it?" And Chris, up until I was I was getting in the car with Rudy. We had all of our shit packed up. Rudy was so supportive. Um, we had the dog. I had all of my crap and all my lingerie and all my bullshit, <laughs> you know. And um and I got down on my knees and I said to the Lord, I said, you know, Lord, if this is not what you will for me, tell me and I won't go. I was like, just, you know, yeah. give me word and I'm, I will not go. And I said, but if this is something that you will for me to learn from it or whatever it is, then if I go, just let me sure. do well and don't let me fall and let me learn, you know, and, and keep me safe. And, and so I got the word to go. Um, I didn't get no, so I was like, okay, we're going. And um, you're sure, because sometimes we get no, and we're like, oh, no, that's just coincidence. Where you want to get, we're just because you want to do something so bad, and you just, ah, man, I no, that can't be God telling me no. I still got to get right. through it. And you still keep trying to fit that round peg in that square hole. But yeah, really, it's and that's the complex, like that's yeah. the complexity of the dance. You know, is listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, what are they saying? Yeah. And, you know, and kind of re, like trying to get through it yourself. But I, I'm really kind of a stickler on not confusing God's will with my own will. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, so what is it? And, you know, I, I'm tuned into the Holy Spirit. I wasn't getting no, but I've got that I was going to need to learn from this, yeah. whatever that was going to look like. Um, and, you know, ultimately, like you said, being in Hollywood and, and having faith and realizing that it's such a shady, dirty you know, evil business, um, <laughs> yeah. having to learn how to navigate that. And that's kind yeah. of part of what I was doing. And that's kind of the trajectory I've been on is learning how to navigate and learning how ultimately at the end of the day, nothing outside of yeah. my heart and my home matters, you know? Yeah. Um, so it makes it easier to tell people to fuck off or tell them no, or, you know, tell them I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of what I had to learn how to do on that, on that film was, learn my boundaries, learn my parameters, and then how to handle that, you know, because I, I don't know, I didn't know how to handle not being comfortable presenting as, you know, this pagan, but I said that to the director and he's awesome, you know, and we were rewriting this whole thing as we were going. I've never acted like this before. I've never been in the lead. I've never read lines. We drove five hours to Oregon, got there, did my makeup in the car, right on the set, <laughs> and now I'm acting, right? So it's like everybody thinks it's this glamorous thing. It's not, you know, it's it's just live captured on film, as I'm sure that you can kind yeah. of relate to with what we do. Um, and so I just kind of learned how to do that. And, and you know, there were some things that I just said, you know, I don't want to play, but there was a lot of creative control for me. Um, oh, that's good. 
Yeah. So because yeah, because because then you you can make those changes uncomfortable, like or where something comes up and and you're like, man, I wouldn't do that. That's that's not yeah. me. That's not how it's going to. And you don't have somebody director say, no, that's fuck you. No, this is what you're doing. This is how it goes. Yeah. And the director was also the writer, and I oh. my co-star, his name's Gary. He's awesome. He knew that I was new to all of this, and him and the writer or him and and Jeff were kind of button heads a little bit. And so me and Gary in our alone time, when the red light was flashing, we're like, let's just do our own thing. Like, let's just fucking, you know, what's one (laughs) scene, you know, in one take going to do wrong if we just do it ourselves. And so I'm grabbing his beer and drinking out of it. And it kind of took its own shape because it was based on this real experience that the director had with a real person that was supposed to play herself. But she's so freaking out there. She was like, you know, well, the stars aren't aligning. I'm like, you know... I'm like, I can't. And so when I got on the set, I said, listen, I'm not this way. I'm, I'm a hard driver. So like, um, we've got to do it. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it all the way. And so I freaking did it all the way, you know? Um, and it was a good experience for me. It was really cathartic to be honest yes, good. with you. Good. Yeah. And that time. So was it about, was it three years ago? How long ago was it that you did it? Two years ago, three years ago. No, last year I did it last. Year. It was just it was just last year. I, mm-hmm. it, forgive me, I'm fifty years. I'm no, it's losing okay. time. I, no, I don't remember. I, d- I don't I, even know. I mean, up until um, let's see, we're in 2021. Yeah. So up yeah. until August of 2019, I don't remember shit. <laughs> um, that's when I decided I'm choosing my own way, and that's when everything I started choosing my own choices again. Yeah. So. Between 18 and, and then, you know, July-ish time of 2019 is all a big blur for me. It's um, tough. That actually, uh, it's tough. That, ahead, that ahead, brings me ahead. to a question I've, I've been meaning to ask because it seems like in that time frame, you really grew a huge following on social media from being fitness, you know, oriented and shooting and all that. And I was, I was actually just thinking of this when I was prepping the show before, because the three of us really come from three different generations. We're all very different ages. Hey, um, shut your whore mouth. You you shut your <laughs> damn mouth. How old I am. You're saying that to me. Not to <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Say that to but, me. Uh, Sorry about that. Sorry. No, Jay, what, no but, you're fine. But, <laughs> what I was wondering though, was we've talked about the whole uh, influential in, influencer culture on Instagram and all yeah, that. And I'm wondering yeah. just from your perspective, like as the younger person here, do you consider yourself an influencer? What do you think of that whole term and that, that whole, you know, lifestyle, I guess. You know, um, thanks. That's a great question. I appreciate that. Cause I've talked a bit about that on my podcast and I'm learning how to really, what perspective to look at it from, because I do consider myself an influencer. Um, that's how I get paid and I make a living is by my social media pages. And, and there's, it's kind of what happened with me in shooting. You know, I started shooting because I loved it. It turned into a business. I started hating it. Once I could monetize something different, I started loving shooting again. Now I'm monetizing my image and I hate it. You know, um, it's hard because I've never been in a relationship with somebody who's also, you know, a public figure and it's not easy. There's a lot of there's a, a want and a need to keep my life private yeah, yeah, and also a want and a purpose for me to share my life to help change other people's lives. So it's this delicate balance of, you know, how do you, you know, I don't see myself the way that I present myself, but I present myself according to what feels safe for me. So it's a lot of standoff distance. You know, I'm not super personable um, not super appro- like uh, you can't really get to me. Well, yeah, yeah, approachable. approachable. Yeah, and, and and that you have to be guarded. You have to be guarded, or or 
you start believing in your own bullshit. You start, yeah, you start, ah, maybe I am this cool person. No, fuck no. You just, no, you're, you're not yourself. No. And I struggle because nobody, I've been in this kind of space since I was 18 and I was still young and super naive and kind of figuring it out. And having to do that in a public way has been hard. Um, learn to navigate the terrain because I'm not stepping into it having figured out my life yet. I was still having to figure everything sure. out while I really wasn't having any regard to how I was going to be viewed. And then it kind of, because I was showing only one side of me, people started defining me because of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so people see me as like this, you know, oh, you know, Jay's this awesome shooter. I don't think I'm a great shooter. Like I never have. And then also there's so much more to me that isn't there. And so how do you define it? And then that kind of turns into, um, I talked to my therapist about it, like a little bit of imposter syndrome, if you will. Um, because people <laughs> think that you're something that you're not and you're sitting there screaming like, this is who I am. And they're yeah. not really receiving it. And you're like, so what do I do? You know, because I'm not wearing a mask. When I go out there, I am myself. And so it's, it's, I'm learning how to balance it. And I talked to a friend of mine, Byron, on my podcast and he was talking, he really put it into perspective for me is how I have an issue sometimes with only being seen for what I look like. And it's not that I believe that I'm attractive, but it's hard because it's, you know, there's so much of just surface. And then when you try to interject a bit of your heart, it can be overlooked by what people are seeing with visually, sure. um, which is why I started the podcast. And he was explaining to me how really it's a gift from God and with great power comes great responsibility and having to learn how to wield that and also uh, uh, responsibly and with good nature and then also how to value it um, for what it is, but also not take, you know, um, not get too comfortable or reliant on it, which I've never really been. Um, So it's kind of learning how to, how to view that, you know, and how to kind of, look through a lens that is positive and also not um, so negative all the time because sometimes I do get cynical and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to break all my devices. I'm going to delete all my accounts and I'm going to live in a small bubble where I'm happy, you know? And that's actually, I, in 2017, that's what I did. I, I mm-hmm. did just that because I, 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 when I nuked everything, every, all the Instagram accounts knew the Facebook, Facebook account was all, I nuked, shut down Twitter and, and it was, it was because of, of just that you, you were, what I was just, this isn't me. This I'm, I'm, I'm all these followers, who gives a shit, all these followers. And, but this is not me. And my life went left. It went completely to shit. And, you know, it didn't make a difference how many followers I had or how much money I had or it, my life was miserable and I was miserable. And I really did. That was, it, it takes a gut check to say, you know what, I'm just going to get rid of everything. And it did. I, but I did. And that was what I had to do. And so I, I get what you're saying with, with your like, Hey, you know what? I just, I, I, is this me or is this not me? How can I act like myself? And now I do. And I've seen a definite, you know, if, if I act like that political son of a bitch asshole hates everybody, you know, hates all liberals. Uh, if you don't like guns, I don't like you. And oh, I'll get a hell of a lot more followers, I, but that's not me. And, and it's so, exhausting, you know, it is, like- it is. Um, how do you balance it, you know? And, and so I understand it. And coming from that place of authenticity is where you find that kind of comfort where you, you can find peace. Yeah. But you also do. it's constant, you know, like for me, I have to constantly remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, and, and how I want to do it. And there's so many different facets to it. You know, there's a, a personal fulfillment, but then you got to step outside of that and look at it as a business side 
um, perspective. And then you've got to step out of that and look at it from the viewer. And so you've kind of got to shift around and and really what it's about for me is just finding what's where do I fit into the perspective and and how when it changes, how do I evolve with it and stop fighting myself in that process, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And so yeah. it and trying to figure out if it's better to look at it like you're doing it by yourself and whatever you find good should be good and you don't pay mind to what's going on out there or, you know, the opposite of that, which is you're receptive to what people want and then ultimately you're just you know, a pony at that point. I, 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 yeah, I think, I think you, you do that. You do the, you don't do the latter. You do what you feel. You, you don't, I, I felt like, and I would say this to, to my wife, when we reconciled, when I got my shit together um, at that time, I felt like a monkey and somebody was cranking that box. And I would say that to the publicists I had and the agents and how oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. It's like, I have no control of my life anymore. I feel like a fucking monkey and you're yeah. playing that tune. And when I got rid of them all and got rid of everything and just started to do, you know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. Yes. I may lose all these sponsorships. Hey, it may happen. I may lose all these followers. So what, yeah. but I'm going to be happy. And if I'm authentic, it will grow back. And honestly, taking that step and doing that, it has worked out. It's worked out where, yeah, I, people, it came back slow, but People came back and I got to be what I wanted to be and what yeah. I believed. And this is what I am. This is what I am. You like it or not. I, I lost a lot of the, I lost a lot of the, 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 the crazy right wing. I did. I lost a lot of those. I didn't care. I didn't, that's, that's yeah. not me. So I, I, you know, it is, it's tough to balance that. And it's tough to take that step. And especially because it's a business and you, you're going to, you might lose your, your income, but it, mm-hmm. because you're, you're acting what you want to be like, you're acting what you are. Right, and, and that's that's a chance that you have to take, though. And I took the chance, and granted, it has worked out. It took about two years to rebuild up, but it worked out well. Mm-hmm. But it was scary at first. It was. I I, I totally get yeah. it. Well, and at least you got to choose that rebuilding, right? And yes, um, yeah, yeah. And I've thought about it too. Is I'm like, listen, you know, there's I still have a residual following from a part of my past that I am not connected to at all. Sure. And that I have a lot of issues with. And so I've thought about, you know, let's just rebuild and, <laughs> and I'll have more fire under my ass to, you know, do it the way that I want to do it. It is. Um, and you know, it's just kind of, at least you get to choose that choice. Right. And when you rebuild yeah. it, even though it takes a little while, I think that's what makes it more valuable. It does. Mm-hmm. The truth is hard work, anything you, that takes hard work, you're va- it's valued more. And mm-hmm. yeah, Jade, it, it is scary at first to do it because that is, you know, that was my income at the time. That That's how I got speaking events. That's how mm-hmm. I got some brand ambassadorships and, and just sh- shit canning at all. The only one that stayed with me out of all that was Fort Scott Munitions. They did. And, and, they, and that's why they're a great sponsor of our show. Um, but everybody else kind of bounced and it took about a year, two years for it to creep back. Luckily I'd saved some money that, and I lived in Nebraska, so it doesn't cost, I did at the test. It didn't cost anything to live there, but um, it did take a few, few years for it to come back. But when it came back and it was how I wanted it to be, yeah, it's come back with a vengeance and I'm happy. I, I'm, I'm like, man, this is great. I'm, I honestly feel like I'm kind of retired but I'm getting to do this, which is being a kind of, I don't like, I hate being called an influencer. I, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not, influencer. You're not. I don't want to be an influencer, but I, I do want people like, this is really me. And if you're going to follow it, you got to believe in, you, hey, you're going to have to listen to me rant about God every once in a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be positive. I'm not going to talk about politics because politics is a joke, whichever way you go. 
and I'm going to talk about family. If you don't like that, all right, well, then I'm not for you. Move on. There's somebody else out there for you. But it got to, you're right. You got to, I got to do it by myself and how I wanted it to be. And that was scary at first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, really also, like you said, um, Four Scott um, Ammunition. Yeah, Four Scott Ammunition, great bullet company. We'll, we'll, we'll get you off of that Blackwater ammo. We'll come, we'll bring you over. We'll, we'll work. <laughs> I we'll like Blackwater, but I was <laughs> going to say that's, that's really interesting because, but they stayed with you. So you were able, I mean, really, it's a great way to kind of weed out. We got who was yes, who was who was who was who was actually part of you wants to be part of you with you and who who doesn't. It is. It's a perfect way to weed it out. And you've got a name and you've got you've got everything behind you that is authentic and real. You don't need anyone else to validate that for you. Yeah. And but really it's nice to see. Like I know that if I cut out everything in my life and, and just start over again, I know that Blackwater would stay beside they me. They stay beside you, um, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. there's a handful of people and really I know Shell Shockwood. Um, you know, I know that and right now I'm really working on making sure that the deals that I cut are, are as are that authentic. They're that way. They're that, really what you way. want. What what yeah. you what you want, your standards, your this is how I would I want it to be right here. And, and that, that should be. You you need control. You've got to have and control. They value, yeah, yes. they value you as a person, as a real, you know, in, in Blackwater, I mean shit, they've been beside me the entire way when I needed them. And also, you know, every time we've moved, we've moved twice twice, technically three times, but twice big moves. Um, Rudy and myself. And every time we've moved, Blackwater's like, hey, what do you need? Here's an expert. Like, we're yeah. going to expedite your pay for the next three months. Or, hey, here's this extra. Um, I had a teammate who, unfortunately, or her husband passed away. Um, oh, sorry. On on duty. I Yeah, thank you. And and Blackwater rallied behind her and, you know, was there for her the entire way. And that, to me, you know, that's heart right there. And that's why we do anything that we do in life is because of those relationships that are truly good and enriching and positive yeah. and, and fruitful, right? Those are the fruits of the spirit in your labor. And so yeah. when you can kind of, when you can discern that, whatever that takes to do so, um, it's valuable. And so I understand. And, and ultimately what I'm doing right now is I'm kind of figuring a way to do that without completely demolishing my entire life. So, um, which is, is fine. You know, actually I'm going into a career field next year. And, um, I'm not sure exactly where, but I'm going to go into law enforcement. So, wow. you know, God willing, God willing. And I haven't really talked about that publicly. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm it's, a, about- it's a battle line. There you go. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. she's going into law enforcement. Yeah. Well, I think about, you know, my, my, my mom's a firefighter. My dad's a retired police officer. Oh, I didn't well, know that. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so when I was a kid, I wanted to be a firefighter like my mom. And then when I got older, I have a twin sister and she is planning on being a firefighter, but she just got pregnant. So she's got to put a pause on that, which is a blessing from God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so I was thinking, you know, you know, I could do firefighting physically, I could dominate, that could be cool, but I don't I'm not a big proponent of fire. I don't want to fight fires. I want to fight people, right? I want to fight well, yeah. bad guys. I'll be so. I'll be honest with you. That running into fire, I would have rather got I would like that not tell you again after we got back after running into that burning building, I don't know how many times. And I didn't even run into it the most. Tig did and Roan did probably run into it the most times. But I would rather be shot at than go into a burning building ever again. That was freaking scary. And it was, I, you, you just, that heat that you hit when you go in, you can't even see it. And you're just, it's like hitting that wall of heat yeah. and diesel and smoke. 
I, I was like, wow, you can't, you can't fight that. You have no, no control. You just try to contain it until it burns itself out where you have more control fighting a person. You do. I, I, I hope I God forbid you ever have to do that. I hope not, but there right. is more control than trying to fight mother nature, which what fire yeah. is or and water and all so forth. Yeah, it's so unpredictable. Yeah. See, for me, like the human beings are predictable, you know? So I'm like, so there to me, there seems yeah. a little bit more of that, even though it isn't neither a really a safe option, you're choosing to go into an environment <laughs> that is not necessarily good. But um, I, it seems to me like people would be the safer bet because fire is so unpredictable and I don't, I've always been afraid of it because my mom, you know, she's like, Jay, don't like, don't light candles and leave them burning. So like, I've got a candle here, but I've got my eyes on, you know, and so she's built that into my system. And so, and when I talked to my dad about his service, um, cause he was a cop out in Oxnard and, um, and it was really kind of gangland at that time working on trying to get it gentrified. And, and he said, you know, I was asking him kind of questions about what it was like when he was working and, you know, dealing with those kinds of environments. He's like, Jade, you know, I was the baddest of them all. And so know your enemy, right? And dominated. And people still know him in the force as being somebody that really shaped up that community um, by just playing hardball. And that to me, I mean, seeing that fulfillment that my dad, you know, went after what it was that he was searching for, which was to make a change in the community and fight bad guys. And, you know, and whatever reasons were his, um, mine you know, are what mine are. But I also think about like longevity wise and going back to the influencer thing, it's not consistent. And for me, I'm with Rudy. We're getting married. I want to have babies. I want to have- Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. And I've thought about, you know, for years going into the military and then I thought, you know, well, I never wanted to get married before. Um, There was a few times where I was going to drop ship and, and just quit my shitty job and go into the service. And- I had people around me that were saying, no, 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 but I didn't have anything tying me here. And then as I get to where I'm at now, which I'm a little bit older and I think about my career and my life, but I think about, you know, we're going to get married. I want to have babies. I want to be home. I want to be stateside. So how do I, how do I serve while still being able to do that? And so that's where I came up with law enforcement. I did some digging and I talked to some friends and, you know, we're looking at um, maybe Fort Lauderdale or somewhere in Florida. Yeah. We'll be right near me. I'm moving right around that area. Awesome. I get to hang with you and Rudy. That would be cool. Yeah. But you know what I I was going to say with your social media following, the interesting thing for me from an outside perspective, right, as someone who kind of discovered you in probably this past year, I've always found your social media following to be really positive. I mean, because you post actual workouts, you work with great brands, and I don't think there's anything divisive or anything like that about your image. Of course, your image is not going to be the um, entirety of who you are. But I think the part that you show of you on there is positive. And the message I've always got out of it is like, you can be muscular and a female and not currently, but like you could have a shaved head and and shoot guns and still be feminine. And I think that's a really cool message to send because I think everything has to be in a box now of like, what's you know, this is what it means to be a man. This is what it means to be a woman. And I think that's being crushed by people like you who are like, hey, I'm feminine, but I'm into this stuff that's considered air fingers, quote, traditionally masculine. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of that is bullshit. I think a lot of that needs to change where you can be a woman into, in, into guns and vice versa. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm really trying to, I've always tried to portray, you know. Um, so a little bit about me is I'm from this town in California called Simi Valley. It's kind of small. 
Um, it's uh, technically a city, but to me, I mean, everybody knows everybody. It's yeah. it's so tight knit, and um, and I dropped out of high school when I was seventeen, and I didn't know what my future was going to look like. And you know, because my dad was a law enforcement officer, the rules of the house were like, as long as it's not against the law, you can do it. Like, but if it's against the law, you're not. I'm not going <laughs> to. I didn't raise criminals, you know what I mean? And that was his, his thoughts. And so. When I dropped out of high school, my dad, you know, had made this comment to me. He's like, you know, I'm really just afraid that you're going to end up in jail. And I was like, dad, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to end up in jail. And I got started shooting because of my dad. My dad is the one that got me a job at the shooting range that I worked at doing parts assembly. Uh, Initially, I was putting together like screws in parts, right? And I hated it because I got ADHD. So it was not the best for me. No wonder I eventually found myself sweeping brass and painting targets and like loading magazines, right? Um, anything to not be sitting down is the best thing for me. And so, um, but I, you know, I didn't know what my future was going to hold. That was really all by chance. And I wouldn't change anything from my past because I know that God has a purpose. It brought me to God. Um, I found the Lord when I had gotten hurt. And so, um, kind of unexpectedly, but I heard the Holy Spirit and I was like, Hey, I got to, you know, so I just started going to Bible study and I was all up in the word. And then I was like, everything around me is really not of his will. So I started cutting everything until I just completely cut the tree down. I'm like, we're cutting it down, but, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so part of my messaging when I was younger, when I was about 18, 19, 20 was listen, like if I can do it, I didn't have a skill set. I didn't know how to shoot a pistol until I was 18 years old, you know, and I, I had a, a grip and stance lesson. And then I just was going nonstop because I wanted to be the best, but I was never into sports. I was never into like some kinds of competition, always competitive, but never in any kind of competition before really. And so my messaging was always, listen, if I can do it, you can do it. Like I'm a high school dropout. My dad thought I was going to end up in jail. I got a job and now I'm, and now people are watching me shoot, which who to thunk, you know? And so I'm like, you know, you can do anything in this life as long as you're applying yourself, but you've got to have that initial faith in yourself. And when I was a kid, I said, man, you know, I'm not, you know, who gives a shit about what job title I'm going to have? Cause I'm going to be a singer, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to be a star and I'm going to be a rock star. And I don't even care if anybody likes to listen to my music. Cause I just want to sing. Right. And I knew that I was going to be important in some regard in terms of how I express myself. And I found myself shooting as a form of expression and then what the platforms kind of allowed for me to do with social media, which I never intended on using to market myself. Like I never intended any of this to be what it has been, Sure, sure. Um, but the way that it worked out. So that's why my messaging was like, you know, you can do anything that you want to do as long as you're applying yourself. And that's kind of why that's what I built my foundation on. That's when I started noticing my following growing when I said, I'm done tailoring everything. I'm just going to put my heart and soul out there and yeah. started pushing out these positive messages. And then as I got older, now it's kind of shifted into fitness, right? Where, um, you know, I started applying myself into fitness. People were like, whoa, how do you look like that? I said, if you just, you know, you can do yeah. anything that you want to do as long as you apply yourself. Um, and so now it's kind of, it's it's always hopefully still on that same road of, of people understanding like, hey, I'm just a human being. How I got to where I'm at, I have no idea. But I can tell you that, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. We can all do it, you know. Yeah. But you have to believe in it. And the main thing was making sure that, I always believed in myself before anybody else did, even when I was choosing to do things that nobody around me understood, right? My dad, I told him I was 
leaving in a, that a toxic work environment. And my dad said, you know, Jade, I think you're making a mistake. And I told him all my reasonings why. And I was telling him things that I wouldn't want to talk to my dad about, you know, but I was telling him all of the things that I had been through. And um, he said, well, Jade, I think you're making a mistake. And I said, why is that? And he said, because the money's so good. And I said, you're missing the fucking point. Yeah. My health is not good. You know, yeah. I am not safe here. Um, and so even in situations like that, um, I always believed in myself. And I also was serving God's will at that point. So I was like, I don't care who sees what I'm doing, if they see value in it or not. I know that I'm serving something and someone much greater than anybody here will understand and it's worked out for me because of following that will but um it always hopefully stands on that foundation is you know i believed that i could do whatever it was before anybody else around me and as long as people can kind of find that within themselves that inner belief people will follow in line behind them once they start pursuing it but you have to have that initial foundation of strength in self so. I, I think it's just if you keep doing what you think, I, and I, you know, I did say this. I remember saying this as long as I'm doing the right thing, God will take care of me. If you're like, oh, is that the move? No, actually, I, I did say that. And I believed that for years. I, I, you just do what you're going to do. And it's almost like Forrest. I, I, it's like if you're seen the movie Forrest Gump where he's just running mm-hmm. and he's just running on his own. But he's doing it because he feels like it's the right thing to do. He's helped, and then people just start following him. It, it wasn't, I, I feel it's the same way of anybody individual. You just do what you feel like you need to do. You just keep moving on, keep running mm-hmm. from coast to coast to, or basically keep working hard and people will recognize that and they're going to mm-hmm. see it for what it is. And it's authentic, but then when you're done and that's, that's what's hard is that when you're done, there are times where like, okay, I'm done. I can, I just want my privacy now. Uh, right. Can you leave me alone? Don't take offense to it, but I'm just done. And I think there's this essence where it's going to come the line where you are going to be just done. Mm-hmm. And there are people that when, when you are done, you want to step away and finally just, Hey, this is me. I'm want my private life back. There are people that are going to come back hard on you a little bit. Like, Oh my gosh, you gave up on us. I've, get, I've gotten that before. And, but mm-hmm. it comes down again. Well, what is my happiness and my health? My health is more right. important. My family's more important, but right. in the end, totally. um, you're doing what you're doing and just being yourself. You're, all the good things people are seeing that my wife saw she goes man i like jade i don't really and she goes i really don't like a lot of the women shooters there <laughs> and she's because she knows a lot of this because of being in the 2a community because i am she goes, but I, I like jade I, she goes because she's she's actually she looks like a badass too and i agree she's jade is like, like the real life and, She's like and my, real life Sarah Connor, I feel. And, like. and my wife doesn't Thank play. You. She doesn't play no. She didn't take no shit. My wife was an All American volleyball player. My wife is in great shape. And, and uh, so, by her saying that to me, that tells me that yeah, you are setting yourself apart by just being yourself. As you're mm-hmm. not looking oh, how many followers I'm going to have. You're just being who you are. And then when you turn around and look, whoever's there is there. And that's yeah. the beauty. That's what it should be. And that's I think is. Because I, I I knew we weren't buddies or nothing, but we knew of each other in your prior life. I knew a lot of those. Uh, we don't even. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, they're assholes. They were, and they know I didn't. I didn't care for a lot of them. Um, yeah. But you know, now you doing your thing, you're just turning around and you're seeing that people are still following, and good people are following you and seeing you as an example. Yeah. But but you don't just don't keep turning around. I, I just stopped turning around and looking. And if they're there, they're there. And that's the beauty of it. Right. And when I look who's there, you know, like you have been saying uh, the beautiful things that your wife said, which tell her I said, thank you. because I will, I will, I will, I will. Um, But the women is a a huge part for me because, um, and, and I, I'm blessed to have a small community that I know personally that have been with me for a long time. Yeah. 
Um, but as I, when I do look back at, okay, well, who's here? And, you know, I see I've, my, my numbers on the analytic side, um, predominantly male, right? I would say 90% male, 10% female. Those 10%, those are my hard to gets that I really like, you know, yeah. I'm like, but I do it because of the community and I, and my favorite people to teach are, are women. And so my hope is that, you know, am I inspiring the people that matter to me? I grew up in a family of all women. You know, I've got two, three men in my whole entire family. It's my grandpa, my dad, and my uncle, right? (laughs) They're all essential. Otherwise we have no extras. And, um, (laughs) and so, you know, that community is really important for me and, and who, when I look back at me has respect for me. And it's always been, the older women and, and not saying that your wife is older or anything like that, but uh, don't, uh, don't worry. I, I won't call her that either. I'll get beat. No, up. no. <laughs> but in the shooting, in the shooting community, um, they, I had this understanding when I was younger and with o- other people is that there's this old guard and the new guard and the yeah. new guard are these young women, they're models. I have absolutely no issues with women being paid to model. They're doing a job. Why is there issues with this? Yeah. But the older women who have a skill set, who've been in the industry for a long time, those are the people that I wanted their respect. I wanted the women who are doing what I'm doing, but have cut their teeth for so long that they have gravitas and weight in their opinions. Those are the people that I want respect of. And because I, I wanted that, I was always hoping to resonate with these types of people. And I'm grateful that the, even those women that I, were, I was looking for their kind of validation, even though I did and didn't need it, you know, um, I got it. And that's what was most important to me is like, well, when I look back, who cares. And like when I'm doing these workout things, which I've just been doing because I freaking like it. Right. I'm like, they're, they're high intensity. The workouts mm-hmm. I see you do. Like if people want to see how do you look like Jade struck struck, it's pretty, you know, I, you have to do what you're doing yeah. and it's intense. Yeah. It's fun. It's <laughs> freaking fun. Dude. It is. It's a lot of body weight stuff, which is cool. Yeah. I think. I think people assume it all has to be heavy weights, and a lot of the yeah. stuff I see you do. You know, there are sometimes kettlebells and that involved, but you do a lot of stuff that's just high intensity interval yeah. cardio that you could do within the house. It's a lot of like yeah. home workouts. Yeah, I just want to move around. You know, like I just want to like sometimes I just want to jump, so I'll just jump around. And it's been fun. Like Rudy has taught me. A lot of people are like, "Oh, of course you got into shape because you're with Rudy." I hadn't worked out with Rudy nah. like until three, two years into our relationship. Yeah, you're, like, you're hey. in shape. We ran across each other at Shot Show in the at that gym a few times. I'm, yeah. I'd be doing my thing. You'd be doing you. You were working out. I was like, shit. I, I run like watch her. Show. Yeah, interval workouts. It's just she, she's doing this. She's doing good shit. Just doing jumping. You don't stop. You get on the treadmill. Then you go do pushups. Then you go lift. And then you run. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what. That's really what gets your body metabolism going. It's not getting on the bench and doing four hundred pounds. Okay, all right, I'm done and taking a break. It's continually going. And that was always yeah. impressive. I, I would do. I, I knew Jade, and and I would just. We would just do this in the gym. I just. Give her yeah. the chin. What's up? And keep That's on moving. She- you go to like these conventions, like, <laughs> oh, there's all these, like, oh, I know him and I know them and blah, blah, blah. But like when you go to the gym. It's like, leave me alone. Well, yeah. And you see, you know, you see the people that you respect and admire out in the world. But when you see them in the gym, there's all of a sudden like this intimacy that's like, hey, I know where your will is at. You know where my will is at. Cool. Bye. You know? Bye. Like, it's like, yep. There's that. 
And there's that, int- like, I loved that. I always loved going, like, when we're doing whatever, so like, special events or whatever. Yeah. And you go to the gym and you see people that are in the same melting pot as you. Yeah. But you guys are different than the rest of them because you're working on honing. I think that, and physical fitness to me has always kind of equated itself as, like, how do you, how do you treat yourself? How do you see yourself? How do you respect yourself? You know, yeah. Do you respect yeah. yourself internally? Um, and there, that comes with discipline, right? And it's not so much... A lot, yeah, and yeah. and how do you how do you um, exert that into your life? You know, what does that look like for you? That to me is the more interesting thing than what what people look like on the out like on the outside um, with wherever they're at. And so I appreciate. I, I agree. That. No, I agree. I, yeah. Physical fitness is a huge uh, uh, barometer. Uh, it's a huge test of how do you live your life. It is if you're a hard worker and you bust your ass in the gym. Nine I, dollars to donuts. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to say that you bust your ass in your work life, in your home life, and you do everything you can to 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 be the best you can be in everything. And we, t- Ian and I talked about this a bit when the PT test changed for the army, and they wanted like their, people weren't passing it, and I was like, well, then that means the army's not as strong as you used to be. Well, wait a second. No, well, what if they're just sitting behind a desk? What if they're not going to be rangers or seals? Shouldn't their PT test levels be lower? Like, no. Because it shouldn't matter. It, it does. It, it transfers. Over. If you don't work hard in PT physical training, then you're not going to be your best person you can at whatever job you do, whether it be finance, whether it be accounting, every, you take respect for your body, yourself, and that's going to transfer over to your personal life and also your work life. And I, I agree with that. So when you see somebody busting their ass in the gym, like, all right, I like her or like her. They, they work hard. I know they're going to give it. They're all out there. Um, and then you just got to deal if there's attitudes outside which sometimes sometimes it happens okay. yeah. but, but um but it is it, it's a true it's a true measurement of of a person's will to be just a good person but also be the best person they can be just in everyday life whatever they're to doing mm-hmm. yeah. totally and that's why i think you know especially talking about like the pt tests um being a woman wanting to go into the service deciding against it but going into law enforcement i see uh i have a lot of issues I feel personal um, sadness for people, especially in law enforcement, that don't value their physical fitness because it is going to change the tides for whatever it is. Same with competition yeah. shooting. It's like yeah. everybody in competition shooting, There's, I think there's like, well, now we've got the tactical games, which I love. I love that there's this new niche. But before, when I was like 18, 19, really extremely into competition, everybody was out of shape and fat and and completely not putting any time into their physical fitness. And I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, if you guys just ran a little bit, you know, like it would significantly better your chances of winning. And yet nobody's putting that time. I mean, you don't even have to lift your finger, like uh, lift up a pistol. You don't even have to, like, this is something that you can work on completely off of the range and yet nobody's doing it. Why? And then when I look at, you know, the, the physical uh, test in the, in the services yeah. for women, why are we changing them? Because I compete against men in, in shooting competitions. Um, the, of course, there's women's division, but that's not really what I'm too interested in. It's always nice to beat women, but like when they're your, in, when you're in competition against them. But I was always wondering, where do I line up against the men? Like how many men did I beat? Because just because I'm not as physically dominant doesn't mean that I can't still whoop ass, right? Sure, yeah. And it's taken years for me to get my pull-ups. Uh, down. Like it took me three and a half years just to freaking actually go from a hang to a pole, right? 
And then it took me an extra two to actually get to 10, but it took time yeah. and dedication. But you did so, it, but you did yeah. it. You and, got it. And so I think that that's what's required of us in, in whatever it is that we're going after in life is like, well, are you rising to that occasion? Are you putting in that time? I don't think that there should be any free lunches and there's not really in the competition of life. There are none, you know, you can't just be giving out passes because people want them. That doesn't build hardship and endurance and, you know, worth. And so I don't think that that should be a thing that's going on. You know, I think that if you want to go and run and gun and be amongst the best of the best, then you should absolutely be Be, the best of the best to that standard equality is not just equality when we want it to be if you're going to be have if you're going to preach equality it's got to be across the board and that's what so i people would ask me when women started to go to ranger school and then i think women start to go to buds now and people ask me do you do you care does that bother you i said as long as the standards are held the same then no i don't care if they can make the standards i don't give two shits right it's that the problem is is that the standards start to get lowered and then they start to get lowered for everybody. Then it's just like, and then now that's what bothers me. And and, I, and that's where I like what you're saying. Equality, regardless, I, I may have to work a little bit harder. Well, so die. I'm five, nine, 160 pounds. I'm not a big guy. I have to work yeah. a little harder to get sometimes to get a little stronger to carry. You're, you're not, pounds. you're not Rudy Reyes. I'm not Rudy Reyes. <laughs> I, I got, I got, I got to work. I, Rudy works. <laughs> Rudy works his ass off too. But you know, you do have to put a little bit more effort into it. I, I do have to run seven, eight miles and then go work out after it. But that's what I have to do. And I've accepted that. And, to, and you to love be it. Honest. And I love it. Now it's, it's lifestyle now. I love it. Yeah. I, 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 if I miss it, if I miss a day like yesterday, I, I'm a, I have to go work out twice a day because I was driving in a car all day yesterday. But the bottom line yeah. is that is that we all want this equality, but we don't want to have to work to get to that equality. So if right. we can't work at it and it's going to be too hard, well, then we're just going to lower the standards. Well, then it's not equality anymore. Well, and then what's that going to say about your personal integrity of your sense of self, right? Yeah. Like, um, like what that comes down to me is like identity, right? So I identify with having to have worked my fucking ass off to be able to do pull-ups. Like, feels good. That's you, who I am. Accomplished, yeah, yeah, yeah. And still, it's not enough. But because of that, it's will never be enough. You know, um, I never grew up with my dad. I was raised by you know, a man's man who really was like raising three girls, like they're boys. I mean, <laughs> shit, like, you know, I mean, just beating each other up in school and, you know, getting suspended <laughs> at the same time. We're like, yeah, let's go. Um, but you know, like that, his way of thinking, which was, you know, if you want and my mom too, you know, my mom is a firefighter. I said your mom's pretty much a badass too. <laughs> she is a badass and she's got her things, but she's so rad. And and she wanted to go into the Marine Corps. And my grandpa was like, no. And so she's like, okay, well then fuck this. I'm going to go be a firefighter. She didn't tell anybody except for my dad who they had met and they were seeing each other or whatever. And so um, my sister, my older sister did something similar where she up and joined the Marine Corps and didn't tell anybody until a week before she had to go to boot. And, you know, they, they developed this identity in their children that if you want something, you can go do it, but you have to work your ass off. And if somebody tells you, no, you don't have to listen to them, but you do have to pay the price for that, you know? And that to me is identity. And so I identify with not working to beat women, but to be, to work, to beat the entire competition floor. And that builds character, which ultimately breeds success, right? When you understand who you are and what you're capable of, what you're made of, that's why we work out, you know, and, and that's why we apply ourselves to anything. I think that's the importance of it. 
it's just part yeah. of, part of our part of our lives and part yeah. and I'm I'm 50 years old and I still I still love working out. I still get out there and I do yeah. it. And I tell people it doesn't make a difference how old you are. Just continue to do it while well, I'm hurt. I'm injured. Well, why are you hurt and injured? Have you been sitting right. around too much? I mean, it, it there's there's usually a reason. And I've been hurt, injured, and I will fight my way out of that. I'll still continue to do something and normally, but it's normally something that I've caused because I've remained sedentary for whatever reason, whether it was right. something I had to do in life uh, that maybe, you know, or like I said, immense travels where I'll start feeling back pain if I don't work yeah. out as much or if I'm not yeah. stretching as much because I've have some, I, I, because I have to sit in a car or sit on an airplane and fly. And it's not because of anything other than me not being able to get out there and work get out after it, get right. after For it. Sure. That yeah, if you're, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, if you're doing resistance training properly yet, yeah, you, you shouldn't be getting injured. Isometric exercises are the thing. best things out there. They are. Yeah. 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 And, Best thing. And that's what we did at Range Battalion. I mean, you you very rarely see monsters at Range Battalion because if you're holding that much weight when you're running and you're going 30 miles, you got to run. It, it it doesn't help it's you. Gotta it's got to be applicable. Yeah. It's got to yeah, definitely. Same and, with martial yeah. arts, right? And fighting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that flexibility. I I can almost do the splits again. Well, no, I'm probably about this far. I'm probably about this I was far, and I'm not going to get any farther than that. I was going to say that um, when you were talking about how it's never enough, you know what I mean, in, in winning in competition, have you guys ever played uh, Street Fighter 2? Hell yes. This is going to be before her time, I guess. Is, you know, but of I, course, we've got action figures for them, but I've not played. You've never played. You get, she probably wasn't alive when Street Fighter 2 came out. That's why, but <laughs> I, I, that's no, just but, shut your whore mouth again, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, the reason I'm thinking of it is, is uh, you know, I find inspiration in all different things, and even video games. And uh, it's funny, we had Frankie Palmieri on the show, and he's got, like, the Street yeah. Fighter tattoo on his neck. He's got... He's tatted up with all Street Fighter. But I always think of uh, Ryu in the winning scene. He's under the waterfalls. And, you know, there's supposed to be a ceremony because he's beat the game. And at the end of the game, it says ceremony means nothing. Um, It's like the fight is everything. And it's him walking off in the distance and and continuing training. I I loved it. Yeah, and that's where I grew up. Even the video games back then. That's what I grew up with. I remember that. I love that scene. I've been, and we get into it, you know, and you get so intense play in that. And it, it's it's funny because you, you very and we played at Range Battalion. All that's the whole time we had <laughs> that that in Mortal Kombat. So when off time, we'd come in and play. You know, call it. We didn't have Call of Duty. We play Street Fighter, and we kick the shit out of each other. And just the competition, and also. Okay, I got to get better at this. Okay, we just ran our asses off. Now I got to get better on my hand-eye coordination. To it, it just applied, and, and I, I think there's a difference with what you're doing is so great is because I, I don't know if we see that just even in everyday life like you did when I was growing up. And your dad, your dad, my dad was the same way from West Texas. Uh, he was a Division One football coach. You know, he 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 was awesome, but it was always. You don't get nothing for free, son. You got to work your ass off. My grandfather, who was an immigrant from Mexico that came over that, you know, same thing. We, we don't take free, we don't take anything from anybody. We work yeah. our asses off. And, and it would, right. that's funny that Ian said it. Cause it does it apply at the video game actually is even have it. And I don't even think they have it now, but you're setting an example of the old school way of thing. And which is, should be not the old school. It should be just continually be yeah. the proper way to live your life. Right. Well, it's kind of like um, Rambo said when he was losing his mind. He said, you know, nothing is over nothing, right? Nothing. nothing. Um, no. And and 
I just lost my train of thought. I've got really bad ADHD. Don't worry. I didn't no, really okay. you know, I, I was going to say something because when you said Rambo, and I know that when we had Rudy on the show, he was talking about that Sylvester Stallone is a hero to him. You know what's interesting is people don't realize beyond what those guys did in movies that we love them for, they really changed the whole workout culture in America. Um, mm-hmm. If you watch Pumping Iron, if you have the DVD, actually, there's there's a special features on there where Arnold talks about like the history of bodybuilding in this country. And people don't realize this, like bodybuilding, and I'm not just saying this, you could look it up prior to like Arnold and Stallone bringing it to the forefront. It was honestly like a gay men subculture. It was considered Mm -hmm. weird. Hollywood actors were not allowed to like go out and talk about that they worked out. And then that Mm. came to the mainstream, but women weren't allowed at a lot of these big gyms. Like women weren't allowed at Gold's Gym and stuff like that. And I think Arnold and Stallone made it cool. And then people of your generation are saying like, hey, and I think it's because of people like you and your generation that I go to the gym and you see more and more women, not just on the treadmill, they're on the squat rack, they're doing bench press. And, you know, there's a lot of criticism today about like all the questions over gender and gender equality and stuff. And I might not be in line with all that, but what I am in line with is the fact that these things, like I said earlier, shooting weight training, they should not just be for men. I think it's great no. for everybody. Yeah. And and I love that. And when we take it back, I want to, this is what I lost my train of thought on is um, base, uh, who we are at the base of us, right? Like when we take it all the way back, um, back in, in the old, old days, we, when we were hunters <laughs> and gatherers, right? <laughs> okay. Before, even before Chris's time. <laughs> yeah. Um, back, back then, you know, there we didn't need to work out because it was such a survivalistic yeah. time where men went out and hunted and gathered and women would stay home and raise up the family and, and be at the home base. Right. But you know, you still saw this physicality because of what life demanded out of human beings is it demanded that you be strong and able-bodied. If you didn't, you're going to die at the hands yeah. of predators. Right. And we live in a time now where everybody is so comfortable. We don't have to hunt and gather our food. We can, we drive a car. We don't walk. We drive a car to the grocery yep. store where all of our shit is packaged. We pay money that is now, you know, modern day slavery um, to, you know, buy our food. And then we come home and we cook it. We get back home in the car. And so there's this lack of need to exert physical yep. ability. And so now we have to work out because some part of our base nature demands that we are pushing ourselves somehow to prove to ourselves that we are able-bodied, right? Um, And that's, I think, the biggest thing is, you know, I'm really big on mental health. I didn't see a lot of conversations about it when I was first in this industry. And um, can you guys hear that? No, no, good. perfect. This microphone hey, is hey, kick ass. <laughs> no, it is. It's great. It was great. No, no, you're you're good. There's no, sirens and shit. Nobody can hear it. That's awesome. No, that's that noise um, canceling. Shout out. Yeah, to Yeah, it's bitching. Yeah, for so, the show, sure or rope, yeah, either. <laughs> it's awesome. And so, but now, so there's no need for that. And so now we're trying to emulate that the best that we can. Um, and I think that that's something to be examined on a daily basis by individuals, like if they're having a hard time finding a way to get to the gym, it's like, well, um, you know, why do we give a fuck about so much what we look like as opposed to what it is that we're capable of doing? Um, me being a woman and most of the time I'm out in the world alone, I have Rudy, which is, you know, the best asset anyone could ever hope for, especially (laughs) when we're talking about physical safety, but sometimes he's not around. And so even in that 
sense of the of my viewpoint of the world, you know, every time I leave my house to go walk my dog, sure. I experience at least one threat for my to my safety. Yesterday, I had some guy. I think it was on drugs. Run up, um, run up to me with to my dog um, with a stick in his hand, and he ran up from across the street towards my dog and um, and wow. started yelling at him in some kind of foreign tongue. And are you, are you in like the hood? I mean, that's, that's no, pretty bad. We're just in the city. Uh, we we can't hear we can't hear Rudy working out. He can work out back there. What's up, no, dude? I, I, I can't see if Rudy. I can't see if Rudy is completely naked or if he's just shirtless. I don't want to see him completely <laughs> naked. I don't want to see <laughs> it, dude. I don't want to see your junk. Hey, uh, I don't want to see your junk, hey, dude. You put. Fellas, this... How are you? What's going on, man? Oh, I love that we get a cameo from Rudy. Oh, you heard about the oh, stick? I was going off. I was I, I heard... was going off, brother. I want to go out there and get some freaking scalps, brother. <laughs> Oh well, I love you. All. I, you know what? I'll let the real superstar get on. I was the warm up. You Years got the real so. superstar. I love right, you, brother. Love you too, dude. Love you, bro. All right, you're awesome. Thanks, Rudy. All right, Rudy. But yeah, and so, um, but I know, and so yeah. Yesterday, this guy runs up to my dog, and I said to him, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because he asked if he could see my dog after running up to it with a stick <laughs> and yelling at it. And I'm like, no, motherfucker, you can't see the dog. But I told Rudy, you know, every day, and uh, my ability to protect myself physically is up to question. And that worries me. Um, you know, Chris, I had mentioned you in a post recently about why I train and how that shifted from before it was all, you know, let's have fun yeah, yeah, and yeah. shoot and be freaking cool. Right. And now that is completely gone away. And now it's all based off of necessity is like, yeah. you know, how am I preparing to protect myself. And this is where physicality comes into play. I need to be able to run. What shoes am I wearing? You know, can I move in them? I need can to be able move? to, yeah. I need to be able to fucking, to throat punch and fucking <laughs> knee this guy in the ball so hard. Can I do that? You know, where physically, where do I stand on the, the pecking order and on the totem pole? And, and that's at a base level, at a base nature um, and survivalistic standpoint um I, I don't think you're at a I, I don't think you're at a base i think just by you thinking when you go out the house it, it, i mean if, unless i'm misinterpreting what you're saying i know you're definitely not at a base because you I, may have been but now just by knowing i didn't I, I don't wear flip-flops anymore it sucks but i don't because yeah. and i don't call it paranoia but because i can't I'm paranoid well, you, i'm paranoid because i get scared you know um there's a there's a lot that we choose to not pay attention to, to sure. live in the safety of our own little bubble. Ignorance is truly bliss. I tell you mm-hmm. what, it is. It's, I and wish I was ignorant. I still, I wish I was ignorant now. I know. <laughs> and, and I'm not. And yeah. and so I worry. And, and that's why I train a lot is because, and you know, even yesterday after this whole incident, I was so fucking pissed. I prayed about it too. I said, you know, Lord, because I don't know if I handled it well enough. To be honest with you, Chris, I shut down um, when I get scared. And that's something that I need to work on. Um, putting myself in those kinds of environments so I can learn to work through that. And I was asking God, you know, um, to help me kind of learn to navigate this terrain because in this situation, and and I was curious, you know, was it a bad thing that I didn't initially aggress the situation more so? Um, And I don't know. I don't know the proper answer. I I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that was, I think, you know, and hindsight's 2020, but looking at something where somebody's coming up and, you start seeing that going on. You start looking at their hands. You start looking, okay, are they really I a think. threat or are they, well, then, then you are, then you are doing what you should. If you just froze, 
and just I went didn't. black. Like it went black. But did your brain go black? Did you just no, recall going? No, did, I mean did you- I did. I checked his hands. He was carrying that stick. I checked him out physically. I could easily have been overpowered by him. My dog didn't react at all. That's something I was a little bit frustrated with. Um, something that we need to get him into training for. Um, but you know, and so really, all I wanted to do was like, we've got these pillars. I wanted to put on a pair of gloves and start punching these pillars, getting my shit together again. You know, <laughs> and and I'm like, so how do I prepare for this? And so when people tell me that they have a hard time finding inspiration to get in the gym, I'm like, well, why don't you burst that bubble of yours and realize that it's not so much because you want to, but it's because you should, because you will have to at one point or another choose where you stand. Well, by you thinking about it, by you ARing it, Rudy knows knows that doing the after action review of what took place. Yes, you got out of it. Okay. But by you doing that and realizing, okay, what could I have done differently? You're already improving. You are already making it better. So if it happens again, you've gone through that. And you're, that's why we, every time we do an op or every time I'd go out on training or, or whether even just on my day, I do the same thing, daily things going out, I will come back or what should I have done better? What could I have done better here? You're already doing it. You're going to do it better the next time. And I really Rudy will tell you the same thing. He, his, yeah. his, we get well, lucky he, so many times going overseas. Just like, oh shit, I wish I would have did. Well, I'm glad I'm here. To, so I'll do it better next time because I didn't die. on. <laughs> but that's the, you are, you, you, you may have not handled it correctly, but you're already thinking about how you could have improved and you're going to improve the next time. You already are. Yeah, and I, and I thought to myself, I was like, I'm going to carry a stick. But then I said to him, and I've done that before, you know, but you know, it's, there's this level of unpredictability. So how much are you preparing yourself for when you don't need to, you know, and, and, and that ultimately comes down to preparation by failing yeah. to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Um, yeah. And that's a mindset and that's really an ethos and a way of living your life. And I think that more women should take that up, but I think more people generally should be thinking in this way, you know, and that way we wouldn't be so susceptible to, you know, being taken advantage of or putting ourselves in situations. I mean, Chris, this is an Ian, this is a college town. You know, we live in an apartment building, Rudy and our friend, Scott, who's also a devil dog um, upstairs, but they're both, they're the two oldest people here. And, you know, Rudy's going to be 50, but he's not even old. And Scott, I think is like 36, but everybody else is around my age and I'm 23, but you know, we've got a 20, 20 year old and a 21 year old right down the hall, two girls living alone, um, a bunch of college kids in this building. And I was talking to the girls in front of their parents. And I said, listen, you know, you guys are living on your own. Now you need to start shaping your thinking. And, you know, you need to start having in, you know, when you walk through the front door, yeah. you type in your thing and it and it opens and then you've yeah. got to make sure that it closes behind you because yeah. there's so much that's unpredictable. And so I'm, I'm working on putting together actually with our apartment building, but beyond it, because Ch- College of Charleston's right next door, um, a program for women to learn how to defend themselves in self-defense um, and then also teaching them how to shoot in fundamentals and technique to get their CCW for if and when they need it, when they're around town and whatnot. Um, but kind of shaping the thinking because none of them were really thinking about that before. I told them, I said, listen, you know, you, they drink, you know, they're underage. That's something that I don't condone, but at the same time, they're individuals. They get to choose their lives. Um, I told them, listen, when you're out and about, real quick segue, we went to an event the other day. We had a friend staying with us. And he brought home this girl and she was so inebriated. She got to our house. I will admit, I'll tell you guys my my side of the story. Okay. <laughs> I am very I'm very susceptible to feeling disrespected. Okay. Like, especially and not all the time. I don't operate like that in the world, but when you come into my home, there are there is a set of standards and rules that apply to our household. You don't disrespect my man. 
Um, you don't disrespect his service or our country. When you come into our household, you could do whatever the fuck you want outside of it. But when you come into our house, we have a way that we, things that we do and don't tolerate. Um, and so this girl comes into my house. The first thing that she does is start petting my cat <laughs> on my couch. And then, uh, you know, my dog is ready to kill both of them because they just walked in. My dog's losing his mind. She's like, oh, hi, puppy. I'm like, lady, like this dog's about to eat your face off. And I said, hello. And she completely ignored me. And I'm like, listen, like, I'm, this is my house. I'm the woman of the house. And you need to acknowledge my presence when you walk into my house. She, ju- she was on the couch, passed out on like a pile of my shoes. She's out like a light. I told our friend, I said, listen, you need to get her out of here. Like, her out for of one, here. I'm not comfortable. And, um, and we have our ways of living our lives. We like to walk around naked and I don't need that to be infringed <laughs> upon by somebody I don't know, you know? And so I'm like, you need to get her yeah. out of here. Luckily, we were moving from that apartment to this apartment on the same floor in the same building. And this place that we were moving into had an, a mattress already in it. And so I said, you know, you can bring her over. She can sleep on the couch. You can sleep in the bed, whatever, figure it out. Um, and so he went to move her and she was so inebriated. She starts screaming, no, 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 blah, 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 right? Passing. Uh. I said, Jeff, let me handle it, right? So I go up to her. I said, hey, you know, and I'm like shaking her awake. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to put you in this apartment right down the hall. It's our place. It's going to be safe. You can sleep there until you wake up in the morning. You're semi-coherent uh, and then you can figure out how to get home because she didn't even know where she lived at this point. And she said, no. And I said, what do you mean, no? And she said, I'm not. Why do I have to leave? I said, and I snapped a little bit. Rudy's in the other room going like, (laughs) he's going to tell you. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, you know, it's so interesting, you all. uh, uh, A little facets of our mind and our our, um, character and, um, and what we've been trained and had experience to do and what we're not so good at. With violence or in, in hand-to-hand or eating someone's face off or uh, shooting or stabbing someone to death, uh, that's not that bad for me. Um, but, like, if I see animals suffering, it breaks my heart. Like, like I, I have a hard time with the animals. And we were doing Force Blue a few weeks ago, and I, there was a turtle that was very sick with tumors, and we had to get him to the hospital and... And both Jeff Gum and I could barely hold back our tears seeing this innocent animal, right? But doing, but combat, no problem. Well, I also get really intimidated and scared kind of when people get shame, like when people make fun of others, the shame, <laughs> it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Well, I heard this lady. I didn't make fun of her. No, I know, but I knew it was going to go too far. I knew it was going to go too far, not because of Jade, because the whole situation was out of control. And the lady's like, well, why do I got to count? You know, and then Jade, and Jade, she says something to this effect. Um, because I said so. This is my house. No. Uh, you and you and you need to get the fuck out. Just like right. No, I said because this is my no, fucking house, and you my, need to get the fuck yep. out. And she, she threw some boy, uh, bass in her voice too. She said, "Because this is my house, you need to get the fuck out." And I was like, "Oh shit! It's about to go down." It's about to go down. Yeah, I know. She's about to like, oh, Rudy, you better rally. You know you're gonna have to get some bail money together, Jade. Yeah, right. The you it bet. was pandemonium in the yeah. Go ahead, baby. That, and that, that's where you either step in and you put her on your shoulder and you get her ass out yeah, of there. Not you know Jade, the, the girl. You're like, no I'm gonna say, home. I'm gonna Mama save your ass. No mess. No, that's it. You, you got. I, I in this when 
because my wife will do that too. And it is and for us. It's like, oh my gosh, this is kind of embarrassing. We turn into these little wusses. Like, but yeah. then when that you but see it about to go, here. yeah, you see it about to go sideways. Yeah. Okay. And that's what I, I don't know if, really, but I know that's what I would step in and yeah. I would not, not, I would just to save this face for this woman. All right. You ah. just need to go. You need to go. Right. Get out well, of this here. Is, get so it. this is what went on to happen. So I, you know, I said, to, and I didn't mean to get crazy, but I got a little crazy because I said, listen, I'm not bullshit. It's your house. Anymore. I mean, that, yeah. it's your, it's your fucking house. No, yeah. you have and all the so, right to get crazy. And so I said, I went on to say, you know, we've got this. I continue to express to her, we've got this other place. I'm going to take you down there. And this woman that stumbled in here um, on our friend's arm, he was partially holding her up, looked at me, eyes wide, got up and walked down the hall. And so I was like, listen, Jeff, like, you know, you just need a little freaking kick in the ass. But how dangerous could this have been? Because if, you know, if we weren't the kind, and so I, I brought her over here, no, you know, I put her purse down, I tucked her in, I gave her this blanket and a pillow and a glass of water and left her to, to sleep. And, um, and she was safe. But I was telling the girls, I said, you know, this is the reality of it is if, if anybody in this household was predatory, she could have been a statistic. Easy. And so that's really what the concern is, is, you know, is how are we mitigating and, you know, properly handling and escalating with situations that we're faced with in this world. And how are we preventing ourselves um, from being put in those situations? You know, and that's what I was expressing to these girls. Um, and that comes back to preparedness. It's like, you know, I won't go out in shoes that I can't run and fight in. Right. Or, yep. you know, at least respond accordingly. Um, posturing is very important. You know, are you being aware of your situation? Like, uh, are you situationally aware? Sorry, I'm stumbling. And, um, and those are important things, but it all comes down to this fitness, mental fitness, you know, physical fitness is, is related to this, but you know, um, preparation is key and, and how to mitigate those kinds of situations from happening. Um, that's kind of where I'm at now, which is why, you know, um, I'm in, and I look the way that I do, I guess, like I've not really, I'm not training more so to look a certain way as I am more so to be able to react and respond a certain way. And um, so when people say to me, rolling all the way back to motivation in the gym and working out is like, you know, you've got to somehow be able to operate in this world. We live in America where we're blessed to be very safe because of men like you, Chris, and, and men like Rudy and, and guys like you that have, that have fought to preserve and protect this country's safety. Yet, you know, if you step outside of our little zone for a minute, then you'll see that the world is not a safe place and nobody gives a fuck about your feelings. Yeah. So how able-bodied are you? You know, and when you get a family too, when I, I my kids, yeah. I uh, you know it's 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 even more so. And it, you're, I'm always always. I mean, on three sixty when I'm with my kids, I'm very blessed that you know I work protection for so long in areas, so it mm-hmm. it comes it comes a second nature. Sometimes I wish it didn't though. I wish I could just right. be a, a just a normal dad, oblivious to everything. I still enjoy being around my kids, but I am still. Protecting. Putting myself in a spot I can watch everybody, making sure that even like yesterday, driving home, we stop in a town I'm not familiar with. They were at a Dairy Queen. The area doesn't look real good. So I'm out making sure I, when I open the car door, I open the car door and I stand in the middle of it. I face out like I would have, like I would if I was protecting a principal as my yeah. wife puts <laughs> my child in my car. And of course I've got, yes. I've got it concealed on me. I got my knife on me. I, I, it's not that I'm worried that everybody's a bad guy but I don't know who is. So I'm going to err on the side of caution and it's tough living that way. And I'll live like that for the rest of my life. But I also know how to also 
look and smile and still enjoy the moment of my six-year-old eating his ice cream, enjoying it, then looking back out. And, but it's, it's tough, but you're right. That's all situation awareness. It's all preparedness. And it's also for me being so damn old and I've done it for so many years, 27 years. How old are you, Chris? I'm 50. I'm older than Rudy. You're not old. He's a youngster. He's a youngster. No, y'all are just getting warmed up. (laughs) You know know. what I mean? Life (laughs) is good. No, it's, it's fantastic. It is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're, you're doing it, Jade, right now. You're doing exactly what I started doing 20 years ago. And I've, you're you're doing it, I, and that's so I, I I think you're doing an amazing job, and and you know I know you're you're evaluating what happened with the guy with the stick. Well, I mean, really, what else could you have done? Pull the gun out? No, you can't do that. No, you were always no, looking but, at your you know, hand. You're maybe ready to move. More assertive, um, verbally, and that's kind of where I need to really, you know, I uh, and I talked to Rudy about this. I, I'm wondering more so, um, especially because that incident with the with the lady. Sure. Um, kind of put things into perspective for me questionably um, when it comes to aggression. And I've always considered myself a ver- uh, an aggressive person. I wouldn't say um, without responsibility, you know, so like I'm not, you know, I don't pick on anyone. I, I don't, I definitely defend the weak. I used to get in fights because um, kids that were in the, I don't even know what the like PC term for this is. And I don't, you know, um, in the Doesn't special matter. needs class, that, yeah, yeah. we'd get picked on and I would go in and I would whoop some fucking ass because I'd be like, who do you think you are? Yeah. But, you know, so it's not without responsibility, but, you know, I was thinking to myself, I was like, am I, is it serving of me to, to still hold on to this old identity of being super aggressive if it's not realistic? Right. Sure. And so what does that look like for me now? How has that part of me evolved? Um, and how do I need to learn how to hone that? Because I have not gotten verbally um, assertive in a long time with somebody outside of my personal zone of safety, you know, and even then like inside that zone, I don't think so. Um, and so how do I learn how to navigate that terrain more effectively and not get afraid to use my voice? Like, cause that's something, and I don't know if it's a woman's problem. I think it might be. I did a um, acting class that was all on voice and my old teacher used to teach women that weren't just actors, but they, he would teach, you know, um, cops, women cops and, you know, women lawyers and things like this that needed to be able to assert their voice in a aggressive and dominant fashion to convey whatever it is that they were feeling. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, how do I navigate that terrain now? Because this, this, you know, the opportunity presents itself often for me. Um, being where we're at, you know, we're in the middle of Charleston. It's a big city. There's a lot of tourism. Yep. There's a lot of people that don't give a fuck. Yeah. So um, there's homeless people and drugs are an issue. And so there's all of these things that I know that it's not going to be the first or the last time that I run into some kind of sure. issue again. Um, so what's the best way moving forward with that? And that I think is going to be the next thing that I kind of deep dive in, at least in my own personal um, defensive journey is like, you know, how do I learn how to navigate that terrain? And I think it comes back to, you know, kind of the things that I learned that were the fundamentals of my NRA defensive inside or pistol inside and outside the home class that I took. Yep. Um, it was all the the proper escalation of force. And verbally, I think that should be a subsector is like, you know, how, do, and that's something that I'm going to have to research and deep dive. And maybe I'll find an expert on these kinds of things to come on to my podcast and we can, we can figure <laughs> it out together, you know, but that's something that makes me curious to, to learn um, something that I think that I need to hone in. 
Well, yeah, you're constantly learning new skills, constantly yeah. evolving. It's important. Mm -hmm. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, because we're going pretty long here, but we didn't really get into it that much with Rudy, and I know it's a part of both of your lives, and and yeah. that's really yeah. Force Blue. I think yeah. what you guys are doing is awesome, and it's also kind of uh unprecedented and unpredictable. The fact that you're helping to save coral reefs, like you hear veterans and veteran allies helping for issues like human trafficking and things like that, which is mm -hmm. great, of course, but you don't really hear about veterans Possibly. going out there and saving the environment. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's awesome. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that before we uh, wrap it up. Yeah. So Force Blue started about five years ago. And, you know, I want to clarify my role in Force Blue is more so of like a supportive cheerleader role, right? <laughs> um, I go out there, I support the guys and the girls and the, um, all of the vets and also the, the marine biologists and scientists. It's really such a beautiful community. Um, but it started with, and I'll speak at least from my understanding of Rudy's perspective from what I've come to know within the last three years is Rudy got out of the service and was really lost. You know, he found himself um, abusing alcohol and, and drugs and in situations that were not really beneficial to who he is as a person because there's so much inside of him. But he was trying to learn how to navigate and fall back into this safety zone that he had stepped out into for a mission of greater good, right? And the skill set that he had, how do you repurpose it? And Force Blue is that, that avenue for him to repurpose his skill set and same with all of the other guys that we've got on it. So we've got all um, retired special operations, combat divers, SEALs. We've got Rangers. We've got Delta guys. We've got recon. We've got all the best of the best. We've got pararescue. And, um, and they're all retired or in some are still active uh, in their service or they're doing the reserves or whatever they've decided to do. And, um, and so what Force Blue has done is it's learned to repurpose their ability and skill set under the water as well as their physicality to assist marine biologists and research groups on how to how to heal the environment and the planet, especially in the ocean. And I think that this is the biggest disconnect for people that don't really understand what's going on underneath the water is we have a tendency that if we don't see it, it's not there, right? If we don't see the negative effects of what we're doing to our planet as a collective, because this doesn't come down to one person, it comes down to all of us. We have chosen to continue evolving so far past the point of no return as to what it is that we now rely on, you know, how do we go back? We can't, and we can't also undo what's been done. So how do we try our best to rehabilitate the damage that we've, we've caused? Um, in regards to this turtle mission, what we were doing in the Keys was we went out with the um, in-water research group based out of Florida and um, in the Marathon Turtle Rescue. And what we did was we took two different teams and we go out, we have to wrangle turtles, <laughs> which is in its own thing, a whole entire experience. <laughs> so that's what the guys did. The guys go in there, wrangle the turtles, grab them, get them on the boat. Um, this is all with the proper permits and permission from the state. It's all ethical. It's all humane. And, um, and then we draw blood and we do tests on them because these turtles uh, are suffering from illnesses due to, and same with the coral reef, you know, the coral reefs. I want to say like 80 to 90% of them yeah. are all dead. There's this disease spreading uh, throughout the, the ocean, which is called stony coral disease. And ultimately what it's doing is it's plaguing our corals and it's killing them from the inside out. I don't know if you knew this about corals, but corals are actually alive. Um, yeah. On the outside is their skeleton. On the inside is their beings. And what you're seeing is bleaching, mass amounts of bleaching. And so what Force Blue has done is in an effort to combat uh, stony coral disease, which is ultimately like 
a much, much, much more extreme version of COVID. So with all of this, oh, you know, running around about COVID, it's like, well, what about the rest of the world that we've plagued and we have yeah. no regard for because we haven't seen it? Um, what we've done is partnered with another marine biologist group down in Miami and spawned coral from the ground up, rehabilitated it, almost like farming, right? Uh, so um, like what we would do if we went to like Home Go- or Home Depot and they have like these little flowers in these pots and you take the flowers and you plant them into the soil. That's what we're doing with Forest Blue with the coral restoration. Uh, so we spawn the coral in the lab. From the lab, the boys take it back out and they have like a farming underwater, which is like we did 100 Yards of Hope, which was this big initiative wow. with the NFL that we partnered with. And it's like an underground or an underwater, uh, about the size of it's 100 yards of coral farming. And, and baby, Rue, come here, my love. <laughs> Get your ass over here. He's going to explain it more so for you guys. Um, I know he's not fully kind of, naked, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, Angel. Um, and so what they do is they, they farm it underneath the water and then they go and replant it. I would love, baby, they're asking about Force Blue. Will you give them your interpretation of Force Blue? Sure. Um, I'm going to let the master oh. explain. <laughs> right goes in right ear. Our, our right guys, ear, so Ellen, gonna... Ellen. Okay, brothers. Um, I, I knew he'd miss. Well, I, we... Force Blue does all kinds of ocean conservation, repurposing uh, warriors, uh, special operations, um, uh, combat veterans to use their amphibious skills to rebuild um, coral reefs, to do uh, turtle rescue and data collection, as well as shark work. Um, We also uh, do subsurface cleanups and harbor cleanups. We have partnered together with PepsiCo, with the NFL, with every major science organization, NOAA, OSHA, mm-hmm. the Cousteau Society, um, and uh, as well as um, local folks uh, in all coastal areas. But we're primarily focused in uh, the Florida Reef Track because it is the, uh, the country's largest uh, coral reef, and it brings in $3.6 billion of revenue every year to the state of Florida. So uh, what's so profound, what we've learned about coral reefs, why I created Force Blue in the first place is uh, I had been struggling with my mental and spiritual health for some time and, uh, and I couldn't outwork it. I couldn't out succeed it. I couldn't out fight it. I, I uh, started working in the, in t- television and film and supposedly had some notoriety and success, but I wasn't happy. So I went to contracting, started doing the GATA program in Northeast Africa. And I thought being back with the brothers in that capacity, that would fix it. That didn't work either. Um, um, nothing filled the void that I had uh, back in the unit doing doing the work that I was doing with my homeboys. So um, uh, I got heavy into hard drugs and alcohol and then was in a mental institution for a year. And, and I, I stayed in a mental institution for a whole year thinking it would help me. It didn't help either. Nothing really, really helped until, um, my co-founder Jim Ritteroff saw me on the streets, happened to see me on the streets in New York city. I'd done a television show with him before. He says that he's got a dive trip to Cayman islands. We go to Cayman islands, 
for the first time I'm doing underwater work in the daytime without a gun and I'm looking at all the fish and I'm freaking going nuts. I'm <laughs> screaming, wow, this is freaking beautiful. And, and looking at all these life forms that need each other and this hypertrophic cascade and this beautiful family. Um, just like running a heavy duty combat operation, you know, you got everybody, you got logistics, you got air, um, you got motor T, you got admin, and then you got the door kickers and everybody is important and everybody's working together. And so, uh, Jim said, well, Rudy, I'm so glad you're out here. Um, I started getting clean. I got healthy, started training. Um, he said, well, Rudy, this is all going away. So I'm so glad you had a chance to see it. And I said, what? This is the first time I have seen beauty and felt uh, first time I felt hope in this world, because look how these uh, beings are together and look at the beauty. Uh, um, I, and I thought I have to fight for this. I've got to do something about this. And, and it brought up some things in my mind too. I had, I had um, Iraqi families that, that counted on me and worked with me in Fallujah and Ramadi and, uh, and the death squads came and I could not rescue them. Yeah. And I did not possess the power to rescue them. And, and I've always had an emotional injury and a spiritual injury because of that, because they put their lives on the line f- for us. And I didn't do, I, I didn't take care of them. I think seeing these little animals needing me or needing somebody and me being able to do something about it. That's how the idea of force blue started. I got together with Jeff Reeves, with Roger Sparks. Uh, we brought in people from from the Green Berets, the Rangers, Pararescue, SEALs, Recon, um, British Royal Marine Commandos. And, and the same kind of partnership that we have been successful, Chris, like when you were running, uh, running ops, yeah. you had brother, you had devil dogs, you had yeah, uh, army right. dogs, you had SEALs. Um, you had all kinds of brothers that maybe, uh, you know, came from different states and maybe different ages, but they came together and coalesce on one mission because the ethos is, uh, are, are there. And, you know, it's to, to uh, fight, to defend, to protect. And uh, you watch my back, I watch yours. That's the, that's the bedrock of Force Blue as well. It was five or six years ago. Chris, remember the first time I saw you in New York, I think it was about six or seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. We were both pretty tore up. I was really still tore up. Um, yeah. Oh, my holy moly, has my life turned around the last five years, brother? I mean, you That's when I can drink. I can't drink like that, brother. I can't. I can't. Oh, I, understand. Kind of yeah. I understand. I yeah. understand. <laughs> uh, you know, I think when we find something we believe in, and when, and it gives us certain youth again, a, uh, a an innocence again. Our children do that. Our our, our relationships yeah. do that. Our animals do that. And for me, Force Blue does that. And I think that's the secret of my success. So check it out, everybody out there, forceblueteam.org. We're always at the Super Bowl. We are the uh, NFL's veteran nonprofit. We got commercials. Nice. We got T-shirts. <laughs> we got beautiful mans. We are doing awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And you oh. know what's funny? We, we said we were eventually going to do a part two with Rudy, but we kind of got part two right here with Rudy yeah. just from having Jade last, on. It was yeah, completely last, unplanned. Our so. last episode, we didn't get Force Blue in at all. Now we got. Oh, we did a little yeah. bit. We did a little bit, but not, 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 bit. not as in-depth. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, brothers. But, you know, we've got a, bro- a brotherhood and a relationship, so you guys always have access to me, and, you know, you have yeah. Jade, too. Uh, we um, we just got done doing two weeks of Turtle Rescue 
and uh, we have hospitals saving these turtles. You know what it reminds me uh, when when we were in combat, uh, we have we have triage. We have we ourselves are medics and uh, can give uh, casualty care immediately. Um, what's so wonderful for me with Force Blue is that we bring our skills and abilities to bear. And um, Chris, it's difficult out here in the civilian world to be actualized with all of our skills, all of our abilities. If you did not do your teaching and training, um, those skills, uh, which are perishable would eventually dissipate. And a lot of the, the brothers have a struggle with that because their skills do not directly, uh, translate like, you know, um, we're not jumping in and do, doing helo inserts uh, yeah. in data. Imagine us going to work. Imagine if we were working at the car lot or the Starbucks or whatever, <laughs> and we come into a Black Hawk freaking screaming in, flaring out, freaking it, uh, fast ropes we could throw out, zip down. Yeah, that would be wrong hand. We can't uh, hook the foot, turn and go. Imagine maybe you, you have you have an idea there, dude. I, maybe that's the next <laughs> coffee shop I need to open. That's how you. That's how you're gonna get in. It and would out. be so awesome. Sorry. I know. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah. So so you know those, those things. Um, uh, we maybe when we were in the service, Chris, we took for granted. We thought it would always be like this. We're young men. We, you know, uh, we, the perspective uh, of a young person. Uh, it's not the pers- perspective of a of a fifty year old. Uh, and so now I appreciate it more now Me than too. ever. Well, you, you look at it saying. you look at it those times and you're looking at the here. We don't look at the future. We look at here and now because the here and that's now right. is here and now. And that's how we stay alive. That's, that's it's, right. It's not, I'm not worried about what's 20 years from now. I'm worried about what's right now because I want to enjoy it. First of all, sure. I have to worry about here and now, especially if I'm a private, because if I fuck up, it's my ass. For and then sure. when you're in, and then when you're in charge, well, then it's, I'm, I'm overwatching my, my second family which is that's right. So, but you're right now that I'm 50, I, you know, yeah, some of the stuff will atrophy if I don't continue to use it, but I can sure. look back on it now and smile. I'm like, man, that was good. Time. I can't, I, I don't, I don't, I miss it, but I don't have to go back to it. I can go, man, that was yes. fun. I really I'm, enjoyed it. I'm putting it in a perspective too. Like oh, we've got a great brother. He was a green brain arranger and now he's a pararescue rescue officer. He's been in 25 years his name's yeah. RJ Casey. He is the most legend. He's he's just like you and I, timeless, doesn't age. He's 53, <laughs> looking good. Well, he just sent some videos to Jade of him in t-shirts. I mean, that the you know what? That pair rescue life it runs a little loose. <laughs> t-shirt Halo mission. They're wearing t-shirts, Halo insert, and and given the shaka, but still <laughs> And I said, to, I said to Jade, I said, baby, I don't know if I do any more parachute work anymore unless I was in the unit doing work, but for, for fun, yeah. it's, it's not, it, um, it's not worth my risk anymore. I, like, you know what I'm saying? You like know, nothing's, I, and, yeah. like, the risk versus the risk needs to be worth something. Now I do not get off on, uh, on just the adrenaline. It's just no. not me anymore. No, I'm you know what way. I'm saying? I'm, no, I'm the same way. I, 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 I don't need. You. I don't. I don't need that feed anymore. I'm good. No, I'm good me if, neither. But if I if I was called upon to do it again, I, yes. I, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, but that's I don't, different. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. You're spot Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Or I so, love you, brother. So I'll give you back my little. No, we appreciate it. Sorry, Sorry, we're back up here. So yeah, check best. out um check out forceblueteam.org. Yeah, Jade Struck. You know, force blue is more important. I don't. 
you know. But whatever. Just- we want our followers to follow you. Follow okay. you. So Thank you. Check out at Jade Struck and check out the Milk and Honey podcast, which is available on Spotify. Yeah. I was like, it's not available on Apple right now or anything. It's just Spotify. Mm-hmm. So. Man, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, get it up yeah. on everywhere. I think, that's, but uh, but that's uh, awesome. You still you're still working at and you're learning and and luckily, like I said, Ian is a subject matter expert on this. He knows everything, so it was so easy for me. So, on audio, you know, not, I don't not know video. Well, I'm not, but yeah, he knows I that. I'm not interested in video. You know, hey Chris, do you feel like? And this is just a personal question I had for you. Yeah. Um, what you, you obviously must enjoy doing the podcast, correct? Uh, yeah, I do. No, me. I'm like, that's fucking terrible. Let's no, cut this out of here. No, have you felt like <laughs> no, I, given I, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. No, go. I, I, no, but but I, you know, Ian and I have, you know, I've known Ian when I used to when I used to do the regular media. The 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 mm-hmm. the, you know, I met him. Uh, he was the engineer for Wellcast Show. So it was always were, and then Soft Rep when he ran Soft Rep Radio when Soft Rep Radio was the shit. I mean, I mean, it was blowing up, and I'd go on his show quite often. Him. So it, it wasn't hard for us to figure out together because I had somebody, I didn't have to try to figure out for myself. I had, right. I, it was, it's like being in special so, forces and you're an, you're an alpha, you're the captain. You don't have to know everything because you have somebody who is an expert in weapons. Somebody who's an expert in explosives. Somebody who's an expert in med and you can go to them and say, Hey, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Can you make it happen? And, and it was, it was Ian's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, no brainer. I just got to show up. So it, for me, I think it may be a little bit different than just starting from scratch because Ian yeah. already knew how to do it all. So right. it was exactly. jumping into a show that really, so yeah, but I, I do enjoy it. We, we do it every week. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like, and I was wondering more so, do you feel like it gives your viewers a, a chance to better understand who you are at the yes. heart of you? Yeah, because you when I was doing the media, you can't, people can't figure out who you are when you're doing regular media in four or five minute blocks, or when you go on somebody else's show and they have a path they want you to go down, even though you try to fight to get over off that path. This is where people know me because it's our show. I can say what I want. I And Ian's right there and they see an interaction between me and Ian. So it's not just my ego, ego out there talking. Ian and I right have wild. a great interaction together and we're, and we are very different people, but we, it works. And, and that's what's yep. so awesome is that, I think the show about the podcast, when we started to do the podcast, we said we are not going to do politics. Yeah, if a, if a guest wants to get into it, we will, but we're not going to do it. This is going to be positive. And we have found that mm-hmm. path. It took us probably about, what, six months, maybe, of shows to, or maybe yeah, less I than. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing really happened pretty organically. It's yeah. it's kind of weird that the way it happened was, I mean, we talked about it on the show, was uh, our mutual friend Drew Dwyer died, and, and I was the first person to hear about it. And I called Chris about it. Drew and, Drew and I were know, on GRS. We, we worked uh, downrange GRS to get together. We were, he was a former Marine as well. Yeah, I got, the, I got the first phone call and I was like, all right, I'll call Chris. <laughs> and, you know, it was horrible feeling that we missed him. But I, I hadn't talked to Chris probably for, I don't know, six months or something at the time. And the idea just came about shortly after. And I'm, I'm glad that we're doing it. I think, yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's organic. And yeah, we, I, it, it took a while maybe to, to figure out exactly what the, what? uh, cause people were asking you before, right? They yeah. Like, and like, what's I, the theme of this podcast? Like, we don't know. Like, I don't know. It's we don't know. I'm just talking, but, but <laughs> that's the beauty of it with your own, Jay, is that you can yeah. be you, you, I can be me. And uh, that's why I wanted to get into it. And that's right. When we started the podcast, I stopped doing media. I don't do any media. I don't do any mainstream media. I tell everyone, no, 
because that's going to show what they want people to see where if you want to hear what I think about things, come listen to the podcast. You're going to get it. So yeah, that's why do your own podcast because you can be how you want to be. It's just, I'm very lucky because Ian knows how to do the editing and get it on Apple and he knows how to do all the the actual (laughs) legwork, which has made it awesome, which I think is why we've been doing very well and we did well early is because the hard work I didn't have to do any of good God forbid I ever had to have screwed it all up the hard work Ian, <laughs> but Ian knows how to do it. And it's in his wheelhouse because this is what he does. So, but all, and also Chris's following is extremely loyal. I mean, it's a lot of people who have followed you from your first appearances, whether we're on Wilkow or Fox news for the 13 hours book. And a lot of those people, as you said, some of them may have dropped off, but most of them, I think most have stuck around yeah. and want to hear what you talk about. And I think people connected with you in your original Fox News interviews and that type of stuff for being a very genuine guy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I always, you know, like you as as a person. I appreciate I appreciate I tried to I I I lost it a little bit, but I know I appreciate that. And J.D., if you do your own podcast, people will get Mm -hmm. to know you. And then that will also make that followers. It'll tighten it up. You'll lose. "Ah, I didn't really like that. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't want your support if that's how you want me to act or you think I need to act. And it really does tighten your circle out. It's very therapeutic. Yeah. I've I, I've been in therapy. I've been I've done two or three times. Actually, three times. Um, like I actually went in and just went to the VA hospital and said, "Here's my phone. Can you just check me in for a couple of days just to get mm-hmm. my head right?" Me getting my life back in order has helped, but the podcast is a form of therapy for me as yeah. well. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like congratulations to your guys' success because you are successful. Ah, uh, you're successful. You deserve it. No, uh, and you deserve it, my man. And it's been I I love that you are doing this and that you guys also that you have Ian and and you guys are you, the chemistry is there. The, um, and yeah. it is nice because sometimes when I'm like on my own ranting in my room, like I'm like I'm going crazy right now. Like I'm going crazy. <laughs> but the thought of getting to for one, it makes people feel special, right? Like it, it makes people feel special to to actually be given a platform where people, where you're wanted to share your feelings. And so thank you for giving me that because I'm like, Chris wants me on his podcast. Like, Are you kidding what the me? hell did I Come do, on. right? We, we need and, to do another one where it's you and Rudy and seeing that dynamic. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Totally. Yeah, I think you guys, if you did a podcast together, I could see that being massively huge too because yeah. you both have a huge following for different reasons, different audiences. And, if you merge the two, that could be cool. But then again, you might be sick of seeing him and you just want to do your no, own thing. No, <laughs> no. And, and I think the thing is, is I want him to come on mine. Um, I've always felt like Rudy needs to have a platform where he can share himself. But at the same time, you know, he's so, he's got, there's so many people asking from him and he's all over the, I mean, he's going out of the country next week, you know, for a week and then coming back home and then going back out of the country for a month. Um, So he's kind of all over the place. And so it'll be hard for him. But, you know, I told him I want him to come on mine because I want people to start understanding the man that I know. And I said, you know, everybody knows I mean, I know the Rudy Reyes story, like the back of my hand, right? And he's been really great. I mean, this is one thing I noticed about people who are used to doing podcasts and people who aren't is having to go, you know, you have a spiel. Like when somebody, yeah. and I'm so glad, thanks guys for having me and not having to go through that spiel. Thank you. <laughs> um, because it's like, you know, it, it gets so routine and and he's in this, he has this routine of expressing exactly. And he's very articulate about everything that he's been through. He spent a lot of time discussing it, but at the same time, you know, 
the Rudy that I know is so is so much deeper and more sensitive and emotional than what other people know him as. And so I told him, you know, if I have you on my show, like I want you to not have to talk about everything that we've talked about before, but I want people, I want to discuss things that we've discussed in the privacy of our own home, yeah. Um, yeah. different, you know, theories on things or different interpretations, art. He's super into art, very articulate about emotional, you know, parts of that in movies and film and music. Um, and that's what I really enjoy about my podcast is giving and having and receiving that space to be able to discuss furthermore, um, like ideals, right. And to have that time. Um, and so I think that you're the perfect candidate as well, Chris, to have that I, kind of platform. I, and I, I, if you ever, I would be honored. I, I if I'd I, love I, I would love on. to come on your show. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, love and to. and I, you know, I'd, I'd completely be honored. I, I know I'm invited. I just invited myself. on. It's just no, where I, I, I just invited myself on her show. You know, and Chris doesn't do everything because I can tell you right now, I know that Chris is just super busy. So there have been people who've reached out and I know you're like, don't have yeah, time. You really don't. Time. But yeah, no, it sounds like you'll make an exception for that. I, I'll make it be, because, well, Jade and I, as far as, you know, we've known, not that we've we've hung out or nothing, but we've known each other for years. And it, it always is past each other in our air shot show and doing, I mean, I have better friends that I go and do this to than the ones that actually come up and want to talk. So I've always, and, I, and Rudy and I, like I said, Rudy has been my mentor. Rudy was one of the first and only guys I could, I could ask because nobody had been through what I was about ready to go through, except for him because of generation kill. And because of, I worked with one of his squad members, GRS was one of my teammates. So I knew Rudy when I was working GRS, at least I knew of him. I knew of Rudy and the team. So no, I, there's a bond between Rudy and Rudy. He went to, he, dude, he went to Omaha for the boys. I lived right down the street. That's yeah. North O man. That's hardcore. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. just that tie in with him in Omaha as well. Him, yeah. So, so, like the trajectory of of almost like uh, <laughs> willing that like willful way guys to cross paths to cross paths always like that and it always mm -hmm. comes back to that's why him and I don't need to talk for we wouldn't talk for a year but if we saw each other after that year it'd be like we talked yesterday and that's that's mm -hmm. what friendship is so he's he's close and I have respect for him and he has respect for me and we handle ourselves differently in in the spotlight but mm -hmm. it always goes back to me the first time asking what what do I need to do? I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I, I need yeah. to get myself out of it. And, and him being able to put, put me on a path that helped me get out of it. It took a few years, but that was my yeah. choice. But no, yeah. I, well, I would take, love to. Yeah. It'll take years regardless, I think, but that's the thing about, it. and that's kind of the catharsis of it all. And, and why, you know, I started my own podcast, why you've done it too. And, and the importance of being able to express as I think about us as human beings is I'm like, what is life if we don't, if we're not, if we're not comfortable enough to share it, but also to articulate what we've been through and also always not have it be perfect, yeah. you know, and, and be like, Hey, listen, I'm going to say something that I probably don't mean, or I'm going to say something and I mean it one way. It's going to be received a completely different way. The hope is that we can, we can, we can run long enough for that thought to be able to be expressed Down, and, yeah. and reach a destination of what it was hoping to accomplish. Yeah. No, you know? you're, 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 you're spot on. And that's why we, yeah. do that's why we do yeah, it. Yeah. I think your podcast, if that's, you know, the route you're going, will be massively successful yeah. if you put yeah, your passion gonna, into it. Yeah. Um, the last things I'll say for the audience is we're going to do a two part Q and a episode. So this is really the last chance to send your questions in as you're hearing this on Monday, battle podcast at gmail.com. 
Um, I'll give one final plug for me. Actually, I've been getting people uh, hit me up if they want to do, um, if they need me to do voiceover for their company, that type of thing. Advertisements, ianscotto.com. Uh, yep. and, and also uh, shout out to our sponsors, of course, Bubs Naturals, Fort Scott Munitions, Photonist Defense. Really excited at Photonist on as a new sponsor. And Chris, what is there do? anything else before? What's Phot- Photonist is, oh, Night Vision. Night, we got a night, oh, night, cool. up, night Vision sponsor and uh, you know they're going to be a, become a, a, a you know fingers crossed, but most likely a battle line tactical sponsor. So now I got not, and um you know, great company, and, and it was a gentleman I worked with on GRS who was a Marine Recon as well. And uh, awesome. And so it's it's good to make contacts, and it's good to remain friends, and it's good to to do well in things. Sure. And and we're very lucky at Night Vision. So I, if if they hook me up with some Night Vision, believe me. I'm, Reach out to you and Rudy there, Jay. <laughs> so some guy runs up to me with a stick and I flip on my just, I'm like, motherfucker, exactly. you want a Motherfucker, you want a piece of this? You have no idea. I will fuck you up. Even at yeah. night. Yeah, but boom. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on them. I don't know if anybody at any podcast ever has had a night vision sponsor. Well, <laughs> then I, I we're innovative. We're, we are very lucky. And, and Jade, I, we appreciate you staying so long, man. This this was awesome. And and getting Rudy on that crazy man. yeah but, well maybe what we should do is get and ian you're more than welcome to come on too is do a milk and honey <laughs> podcast episode with all four of us and we could just sit down and chat thanks for having me i appreciate you both oh jade you're Anytime. awesome you're awesome and um reach out rudy's got my contact ian's got it and just let me know and and yeah because i'd love to come on your show i know ian both of us this, at coming on at the same time would be awesome as well so i'd Very be honored cool. and and we're honored to have you on and you you're doing awesome. You, I've just from watching your career come up. You're, you're going where you want to be, and that's what's most important. Fuck everybody else. Fuck what that. Yeah. You do what you want to do, and the ones that really love you will continue to to be there and support you. And the rest of them, you don't need them anyway. You don't. You don't want that. Yeah. So, awesome Thank job. You. You're Thanks welcome. for everything, Chris. Thank you, Ian, for everything. Thanks for making the the wheels turn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. Talk to you later, Jay. Okay. Thanks for everything. Have a great day, you guys. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself. Face all challenges head on. And as always, never quit. Never quit.